0: If more of you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Send
1: it now The blubbity-blah. blah out good vibes. The blah Good vibes.
2: And the blah Good vibes. The blah Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that.
3: and my point is it's not whether i believe it or or not it's that they believe it and what they're doing with that information and that's what you need to be concerned about
0: okay guys welcome back to the grime america show Coming to you in your probably quarantine. you're probably locked down or quarantined in some capacity when we come to you this week. We feel for you. Try and get some sunshine if you can, maybe go for a walk, listen to some podcasts, tell your friends about some podcasts. Here in Grand America, we have Graham Social Distance Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm We're about four feet away from each yeah, other in here. Yeah. That's about as far as we can get. Yeah. <clears throat> Got my rubber on. Do you? Yeah. you wearing a condom right now? No, I, no oh, I'm just kidding. You're not even wearing gloves. I thought about wearing a mask for the show. If yeah. we would have streamed it today, I might have wore the mask. I was kind but of picturing that too, are you coughing over there? Or?
2: <clears throat> no,
0: <laughs> just clearing your throat. Yeah. So how you been? Of course, uh, been, you know.
2: Okay, kind of trying to work from home, and
0: you've been relegated to work from home. Yeah, I'm still at work.
2: Yeah, it's a little worrisome. My, you know, girlfriend Maria, she's not doing too well. She's got a migraine and really bad and, and she's sick. And, it's bad time. Uh, I timing. don't know, man. I just don't. I, I just, everyone in the state I, right I, now. I don't, don't st- want to take any chances yet. And Part the of symptoms
0: me, keep changing, so everyone's but, freaking out. But, but Really? The symptoms keep changing? I've seen runny nose go and come and go Oh, a yeah, that times yeah, that one, yeah, that one, for the sure. The runny nose and yeah. the sneezing seems yeah. to come and go. yeah.
2: So I, I flip flop back and forth. I just Plus want to be extra careful season. because I really don't want. To, if she gets it, they, she might be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right, but I also think it's kind of overblown. So I'm really struggling with how to how to deal with it right now. Just be safe and sorry. But like I've been, I'm going through listener emails, and there's probably lots of this in the chats as well. But it's very tribal, going back and forth. Like yeah. some people saying, "What are you guys doing? You're overblowing this whole thing." And then somebody else saying from Italy, and I'll read these later on in this intro. Uh, the guys from Italy saying it's crazy. Like it's coming to all the other countries. It's crazy in Italy. So, you know, what do you, it's hard to, it's hard to, I don't, it's hard to know. It really is. And then I listened to some great podcasts on it with guys like Gordon White and, and, uh, Chris Knowles. And I mean,
0: it's just. Well, we got Greg from THC coming back next week. We got Dell coming back next Del week. Bigtree, so both yeah, those guys, be fun. both those guys are going to have some things to say about it for yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah be an interesting one yeah so, so i mean calgary's getting busier i went to canadian tire yeah, today
2: yeah calgary i th- i you were just saying and i mean i, I don't we, we don't want to get in the details but you were just saying oh, you feel like alberta's handling it pretty well so far
0: and you're happy that, i'm proud of happy alberta. That, that you're here you know what i always talk and about I, how i want to live in the states and i gotta say that uh the last couple weeks i'm kind of feeling good to be in canada yeah uh, well alberta in alberta bc would be different
2: ontario would be different but I feel like I agree with you. It is getting a little busier. You can go out and buy what you need, and people I can go are to the just the hardware
0: store, to the are just, music store, yeah, or whatever. I, yeah. You know, it's kind of sort of business as usual, and every, the people are taking precautions. All the stores have a little hand sanitizer thing when you go. In. Actually, Canadian Tire has a dude with some spray. Sprays your hands. I said thanks, and uh, I went and looked at some guns.
2: Guns at Canadian Tire.
0: Only two in town sell guns, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Really? Canadian Tire sells guns? Wow, I didn't know They that. all
0: used to sell guns back really? in the day. That used wow. to be like, where you got guns? Because Cabela's and Pro are new. They've all been here less than a decade. Yeah. So you used to get your guns for Canadian Tire? Wow, I didn't know that. So I've been looking all over town for a 30-30 because all the fucking guns are show- sold out. And you just want to hunt? I want it for hunting, yeah. Because I always go hunting with my buddy Nate. Um... Because the guns I have are smaller caliber and you're not, you know, I can't take down a moose or a deer. I probably could take down a deer with my twenty two, but uh, you're not, it's illegal. You're not supposed to. Because you could injure it, it could get away. The twenty two for me is more for, you know. Defense? Defending <laughs> off fucking looters or whatever. You know, you can give them a warning <laughs> shot in the belly and they'll probably pull through. <laughs> 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 or that's shoot like, him in the leg, the or something. And not, I don't not know. You do, might not hit the leg. It's, not do too yeah. much damage, but if you need to, you know, I'm between the eyes, and that's all she wrote. Oh my god! Um, so I just want this. So my buddy Nate can't go all the time. You know, like I feel like because I'd like to start going more often. So anyway, I need a thirty thirty for that. I, I need a couple guns, but like right now, I want a thirty thirty, and uh, I just.
2: How much does that run you for a brand new gun?
0: 600 bucks oh, Okay, that's, for a 30 yeah. Like, yeah. A like, shotgun, you know, a shotgun a cheaper. It's
2: twice as much as a hockey stick nowadays.
0: Jeez, man. When I was a kid, when I was still playing hockey, it was like 25 bucks yeah, a stick. I, I
2: know. Yeah, now they're like 300 And 300, you break
0: them all the time. Like this gun will last you my entire life. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm trying to find one. trying to find one. Every place is sold out. And I finally found a, a, fine, I found a couple today. So really? they've, they've got a few in stock. So you bought one? I didn't buy it, no. I wasn't in the, I couldn't like, I just popped in quick while I was on like lunch at work. Oh, I didn't want to be okay, driving around okay, with a yeah, fucking yeah. gun in the work truck, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, But I'll go back over the weekend and grab it. Did you secure it or put a deposit on it? No, they had, a, they had a few. Oh, okay. They had a bunch, so
2: yeah,
0: okay. down there people are buying all the shotguns. That seems to be the go-to right now. As everyone in Alberta sort of freaks out, they're buying more shotguns than anything. And I heard there's like a record number of people taking a PAL course right now, too. Yeah. Yeah. All the PAL courses in town are fucking sold out. That's up. like personal something license? Possession and acquisition license. So okay. that's the course yeah. you have to do if you want to get a gun in Canada. It's like, uh, I think an eight or 10 hour course. Wow. Or two six hour days. I mean, there's different ones and different setups and that's it. There's a restricted and a non-restricted.
2: Why don't you just go the underground black market route?
0: I mean, well, I'm not going to talk about that on the show. What? There's, I'm not That's like super It's super illegal To have like An illegal gun in Canada So But yeah There's that row They're cheaper too Are they? Yeah Why you want a handgun? No
2: I don't want a gun
0: You just could come High behind my guns? <laughs> sure <laughs> Anyway but, Yeah Canadian Tire Had loads of guns It was a It was a welcome sight The whole back wall just wow. Guns Shotguns People rifles. don't think That Canadian Tire Has yeah, got guns Yeah that's exactly up. What I was thinking <laughs> Is that people aren't thinking that Canadian Tire has guns?
2: So I this is, a, I this, have said is anything. this is a great episode with Gary. I just don't want to forget about well, that. Genesis a, it was, Yeah, his his book was a tome. It was massive. Lots of awesome chapters in it. We only scratched the surface, really, but it was a great show. Great talk was about a lot pre- of secret societies days? and all. Well, Corona was just starting up, and I mean, I was getting a sense of. I didn't want to really like ask him like, "Hey, do you think this Corona is like you know part of the the whole?" And the days and the antichrist and all that. <laughs> cause I mean, you know, his book touches on that for sure. <clears throat> but, uh, it hadn't ramped up at that point. I think it was three or four weeks ago when we, uh, did that episode.
0: All right. Well, yeah. Gary was a fun chat. He was a swell, swell guy. Yeah. I mean, poor, poor our buddy Alex, cause I'm kind of getting pulled into oh, I got it. I want well, to, I
2: want to read, I want to read that too. Are you
0: going to read yeah, his yeah, I email? Gotta, I going to read that email. What yeah. jingle do you suppose that would be?
2: Uh, I don't know. Like Alright, let's I'm let's believing. do some
0: good vibes. Yeah, good vibes. For sure. Alex. Yeah, He's good. taking a bit of a beat. Yeah, yeah Alex, yeah. If more of you supported the show I'd be less sick of podcasts. For <lives>.
2: Vibrations and stuff
0: like that hmm? of deep gravity, Sorry I'm deep just, just in The wrong folder here I thought you had that also Yeah here. I did have it all ready to go
2: And something's uh, Something's happened here dude It turned yeah. on you? Yeah it turned on Your old email again
0: uh, It was to happen Email's like your nemesis yeah. <laughs> If you're a superhero Email would be like Like my kryptonite? Yeah Yeah It'd be like If you want to defuse the bomb You just have to email it It's like no <laughs>
2: <laughs> So this is our. Uh, this is Alex Kazemi. He, he we did that uh, show on Pop Magic. His book it's fantastic. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. I, Darren had a great vibe from from that from him. And anyways, he sent me uh, like this is this is crazy what's happening right now. So he sends me an email. Trump supporters, homophobic right, outraging against my book, Satanic Panic. So he's like, hey, you guys, homophobic. Now I mean. Now, I understand why he's he's saying this because it's, wait till, you, wait till I read, read a couple mm-hmm. of the examples here. He's like, hey, you guys, homophobic, bigoted, and transphobic, and backwards conspiracy theorists, nutjob, authoritarian right, and Christian Trump supporters have been backlashing against my new self-help book on Twitter. I haven't seen a sa- satanic panic from the right wing like this since Marilyn Manson in 1996. <laughs> so crazy that this is happening to know I'm offending and upsetting right wing Americans in their suburban southern small town homes all from just being myself and living out my spiritual path i feel so misunderstood i just want to help people and provide spiritual tools to handle these catastrophic changing trying times and teach people how to deprogram and unplug from the social media culture check out the tweets so yeah he sends me a couple tweets <clears throat> let's just read them now before uh and this is the problem. This is the problem with like some of the Q stuff and some of the alt-right stuff. This is the main, this is one of the fucking main problems. There's a big, like, all, this is all caps. All this is all caps. These people are sick and, sick and it's from CJ Truth. And then it's from, you know, from an account that's exposing Hollywood elite. Oh no, no. Maybe that's the, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it an account just that's. Did they change their name on account sometimes? Yeah, you can. Yeah, just to highlight yeah. a topic. Yeah, oh my God, It's crazy. Hollywood satanic elite: Madonna, Taylor Swift, Lana Del Rey, Rose McGowan, Bella Thorne, Marilyn Manson are all connected to new satanic book aimed at aimed for youth that teaches how to. And then hashtag spirit cooking adrenochrome, and then it says techniques inside, and it's got a picture of his book and a picture of Alex. hugging Taylor Swift. (laughs) And I mean, this doesn't help Alex's case. No, he's got all the rock, like the celebrities endorsing it and stuff. Right. Which I, which for me, I was like, it was a bit cringy right away, but I'm like, no, I'm going to give this, give us a try. Right. And he explained to me that it's not about that. It's about deprogramming from this. Right. And they highlight this little part of the thing. It says, and can be a powerful and natural liquid to use in a spell. These can be anything from menstrual blood to common urine. Using the fluids of someone else can be a way to symbolize, and then they stop highlighting it, materialize something into their life. Um, And then they didn't highlight the rest of the paragraph. I'll just read on a little bit. Some magical practitioners ingest these fluids as a means of uh, communion during sex magic, but you can also use magical fluids to salve the body or to charge talismans and amulets. So long as you charge the fluids with your magic and a special and in- specific intention. So, you know, they're they're using hashtags like Adrenochrome and Spirit Cooking, which I read the book. I never had any sense of any of that stuff in there. I was thinking there might be. I don't know. like Or, you know, maybe not even. I mean, it's just... And then, and then the, so the next one is satanic Alex teaches how to work with demons spirit. And again, hashtag spirit cooking adrenochrome in this book. I'm not kidding. I have proof. And then his highlighted portion, which I think would be good to read here. And of course, Rose McGowan wrote, wrote the uh, forward, which kind of doesn't help the case. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> if I want to work with an angel and then it says in an offense, see, and they don't even, so this is the problem. They highlight it. They cut it off. And then they attach a picture of Rose McGowan on the other side. So you can't even get the full context of this, but it says when we genuinely need their help and then I, and then it's cut off a demon. I have to make sure I'm in a state because demons are known to love fear. So they're purposefully putting, taking out the context of this. It's, it's total bullshit. You're not helping the situation when this adrenochrome problem and the spear cooking is a real thing. It's a problem. Now you're just fucking mixing in all this other shit and pr- and providing false information.
0: There's a lot of that going around it's, on Twitter.
2: It's it's just disgusting.
0: I got to tell you, like Twitter's not like Instagram. There's a lot of fake news on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know you Instagram world. You don't have to worry about any of that because it's all fake news free. Twitter definitely not fake news free. See, anybody can make a Twitter account, post whatever the fuck they want
2: so he's, and then they're exposing him on, uh, on this dazed interview. Christianity is insane. I was always choose Satan over God about an album chain. So again, uh, that's about an album campaign. He directed for Marilyn Manson's heaven upside down album. That is late. The end is that his la- label is banned. That is label banned. So again, you know, they're just, it's just f- fake bullshit.
0: Hashtag think, fake news you
2: know? coming from the side that's blaming everything else on fake news. Here's another one. So the elite Hollywood's democratic liberal agenda is so disgusting. Latest satanic unholy themes I've found from the pop magic hashtag spirit cooking, hashtag adrenochrome guidebook, encouraging youth to practice homosexuality, transvestism, transvestitism and pornographic dialogue. And then they've highlighted a little bit again. I encourage everyone practicing magic to encourage, to explore their sexual and romantic fantasies. I know a lot of queer people who do not identify as LGBTQA because they believe their fluidity of their sexual cannot be confined by letters or labels. I've met jock type guys who enjoy cross-dressing while their girlfriends dominate them. I've met straight identifying guys who dabble with men every once in a while. And then he, they've got this little tiny thing highlighted who start to experiment. They begin to view the human astral being. That's it. Like fuck off with your fake news and out of context thing. Now I hope this ends up blowing up, you know, maybe good, bad press is good press for Alex. And no maybe, such like, thing uh, as bad you know, publicity. Like, you know, this could be it. Like, you might be, you might've hit it right, Alex. This might just blow up the sales of your book. Easy on and I the hope table. so because it's bullshit.
0: There you go. Then you got fired up for that one. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's just
2: it's disappointing to see it, right?
0: You done? Uh, I guess so. I going to go to the text line. Okay. 403-702-6083. Call us, leave us a voicemail. Any, I'm
2: going to link to Alex's book in the show
0: notes. All right. Actually,
2: I'll link, I'll I'll send these links to the show notes as well.
0: Bros. It's Edmonton Kev. Alberta Strong up in the shit. L O L. I've been growing and eating sprouts and shoots for a couple months now, and it sure does make me feel pretty darn good. Love the episode. He sent us a little video of his little sprout setup. Cool. Yeah, he's got a bunch. Ah, that's my setup in my basement. Used to grow weed in the room, but repurposed it for sprouts. You got a lot of motherfucking sprouts going on there, Kev. Good for you. you, When you come down, you'll have to bring us some sprouts. And if you guys ever do an Alberta Grimerica camping trip slash vision quest, I'm in a hundred percent. Sweet. We have none planned right I now. I want some
2: broccoli sprouts. Those are the, supposedly the healthiest, most uh,
0: the most bestest, most bestest, <laughs>
2: <laughs> filled with the mostest uh, nutrients. The,
0: mo- the mostest. Totally the mostest. The hostess with the mostest.
2: Not very many stores sell them. There's only a couple of Safeways in the town that used to sell them. And
0: I tomorrow's moving day.
2: Oh, I gotta, I gotta say, yeah, tomorrow's moving day for you. Good.
0: And the studio.
2: Yeah, and the studio. And it's my, 12 it's year, be my twelve year, my twelve year anniversary. Congratulations. Clean and sober. Twelve years. Yesterday, again, eh? we we're gonna do the intro. Yesterday, it was gonna be on my anniversary, but. And I was talking to Miguel from Aon Bite. He's like eight years clean and sober. He's uh he might be doing a podcast on esoteric sobriety and that type of thing, which I'd love to contribute a couple episodes with him on that. It'd be great. We're gonna connect totally. So yeah, let's keep spreading that message of sobriety. Sorry, what were you saying?
0: Uh, it's gonna be weird when this place is empty again. I know.
2: I know. We're gonna be in a new spot again. Back to back to close to where we were before.
0: Yeah, it really Kinda is like come a in full circle. You could probably drive a golf ball that far almost yeah. if you got a hold of it. Yeah. I bet. Uh I'm just looking for a jingle, really. This thing's being kind of a pain.
2: Well, I got a couple more emails to read, too. but I
0: feel like all the internet is being throttled right now.
2: You think so? Mine's doing pretty good at home, my new place. What's going on? But a lot of people uh were realizing in the chats, a lot of people are having internet issues. And- So I got a few emails uh, from listeners about uh, about the situation. Which one? Uh, the, the, oh, the, the corona. The
0: we, uh, I don't think we want a corona jingle, actually. I was going to no, say no. we need one, but no, I don't no, think we, we don't.
2: do. Let's, let's hopefully this thing ramps down as quick as it ramped up.
0: Ramp up, ramp down, ramp up, ramp down. I don't have the physical mail jingle. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm just going to open it. Okay. Uh, from Josh D in Canopy, Florida. Art prints. Ooh. I like it. Art is the best thing to get, I find.
2: This can be from the for the new studio. Hopefully maybe. this isn't a bunch of Hopefully you're not
0: cutting it out. <laughs> Hopefully. <you're not. laughs> I can feel where it is.
2: You guys can find the P.O. box in the show notes and uh...
0: American.ps.com website as well. What do we got? We got Don't Stop Believing. Hold on to that feeling. It's a picture of Sasquatch. Oh, it's a t shirt. Here, you can start opening this while I read the note. Dear Darren and Graham, I was listening to episode 407 of your podcast and experienced my first Grimerica synchronicity. Albeit a small one, let's call it a micro-synchro. As you were opening your physical mail, one of you, possibly Darren, said, Don't stop believing. I looked down, and lo and behold, these are the words printed on the shirt I was wearing. (laughs) This blew my mind, as I was in the middle of thinking about sending you guys some physical mail with the monetary contribution as well. So... Yeah, that was the clincher. Enclosed is a one-time donation, a few paranormal poster prints of my own design, and a shitty printout of the aforementioned t-shirt. I love the podcast. You guys have a way of discussing this sometimes dark and scary world without all the doom and gloom. Keep up the great work. Best. Josh from Gainesville, Florida. Oh, thanks, buddy. Josh, I might actually be coming down your way here. Uh, well, I'm not allowed right now. I'm not allowed to leave the country. I'm on lockdown.
2: Oh, uh, you're you're an Indian. You can go.
0: Did they say Indians can go? Well, I
2: thought you were allowed to cr- crisscross what do whatever the hell you want. I don't
0: know if that counts on the closed border. You know, we'd probably have a better odd uh, you'd we'd, we'd have better odds saying we were going to contact at the cabin to run an event. Because <laughs> technically Utah's uh, less than a hundred. An event people.
2: with forty nine people or no, ninety nine? Utah's
0: a hundred. Wow. And we've only got fifty-seven. Wow. wow! So our event could be a go. And they said the border is open for commerce. So to me, we're going for work.
2: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah?
0: It is kind of interesting, right? I don't think uh, the ladies could come because that would probably the plus ones probably don't get in on the commerce thing. That probably seems more vacationy. Hmm. Unless we gave them like rolls, said they work. Hmm. I don't know how it works. I don't know if you want to try and sneak through a pandemic border when yeah, everything seems kind of crazy. Is that, I mean, what, do They're we need to, to talk about put,
2: that? People are asking. Well, we wouldn't
0: be able to fly. We'd have to drive.
2: People are asking in the chats and people are asking what's going on with contact at the cabin in Bryce Canyon and supposed about, to be April. We're
0: making the decision the first week, April. Okay. Because that's when we can start looking at kind of changing the flights and everything. Anyway, most you know, yeah, I'm just right, saying wait right. till 10, a week to 10 days before okay. because there's such and a- And the snake bros week.
2: are still willing to do it, too. I mean, there's not the many Canadians Matheson, going, right? I mean, I mean right they're...
0: now, Matheson's locked in California. He's like, I don't think they'd pull me over, but- Really? They have to they're make they're pulling effort. people over I don't know California? what they're doing, but, you know, like, I mean, even Ontario, they're making a drive papers. around with papers. I saw it in our, in our
2: chats today. I saw the waste management papers. Yeah. So, so somebody pulls you over. You show them your waste management papers that you're part of the essential service. Yeah. And the Garbage pickup. You hold so it on the window. Allowed to really? I don't know what you do. <laughs> Anyways, I, I wanna don't f- care
0: if I get an essential services paper. I'll fuck rip that shit up.
2: I just want to uh, just to describe this awesome artwork that's going to go up in our new studio. There's one that's it's all like sort of cartoony, drawn on white. It's white Ooh, and black. Mound. Visit Celestial Serpent Mound, and it's got like a sunrise. On the Serpent Mound with some uh, wildlife watching it, and then there's visit spectacular Gainesville with a gator. I might go to Gainesville open, down uh, to go
0: to the temple. Of oh, the universe. it's a
2: gator uh, taking care of a an Baby. inflatable gator, and then there's a visit phenomenal Destin, and there's F F sixteen chasing a UFO and a big black triangle and some lights in the sky with a with a uh, what's nice. that? Fish Those call? would be
0: great coloring books.
2: No, we're not coloring those.
0: I'm not no. I'm not gonna color it. Do they look oh, like they do a color? Oh, they would make yeah,
2: of, if it, maybe we'll photocopy. Do I look like I do a I like lot of coloring? Them. Well you you might. That's the new thing. Is it? People are doing Going it. I bet you, you know, I bet you the, I bet you the coloring I bet you that would have been where to put your stocks and the color, the pencil crayons.
0: No. Lots of people are coloring. I don't at have home any fucking stocks. <laughs> Nobody's coloring. <laughs> they are. I bet phones. you I bet
2: you there's a there's An increase huge, in the coloring books right
0: A huge now. increase in coloring books. Coloring books are or?
2: sold out of Walmart.
0: I'll take that bet.
2: I bet you if you search that on Google right now, coloring books are and it'll go sold out of Walmart.
0: No, I guarantee you it will not say that. Are you doing it?
2: No, well, I will. Yeah,
0: do it. Let's see yeah. what comes up. Drum roll, please.
2: Oh, no, I got spelt it the Canadian way. That's not going
0: to work. Support show. Canada.ca/slash/support. Help us keep going through these troubling times. Of course, uh, maybe you guys are hurting too. If that's the case, then uh, don't do that. Actually, a couple people gave us raises today after we did the call out last week. So we appreciate that. We love yous. Uh, we did have a large stream of cancellations in the last couple of weeks as people get laid up off of work and everything like that. So we did say, you know, if you are in the position where you are still working or you are still and you can maybe afford to sign up for monthly, we could use it now more than ever. Didn't work. What didn't work? No, they're not sold out because they're not fucking sold out. That's crazy. Our
2: adult coloring book's still popular. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is anyone buying these? All right, you got another email.
2: Yeah, man, I got to read these emails from uh, some listeners about this this problem here. So uh, I don't know. Do I even want to? Yeah, we got to talk about it. So this is from this is from Rob in Italy, and he's like. Uh, Oh, he wrote the black budget song. Totally. Yeah. He says, I live in Italy. It's been uh, three days since my wife and I are in lockdown because of the virus. Now, what's important for you to know is notwithstanding that Italy and Italians are pretty bad at following rules. On this one, we're doing really good. I don't know what's going on in Canada, but listen up. This shit is huge. This is greater than any bullshit media are saying. Actually, German go- Germany government is denying the importance of this event by saying this is all going to be controllable because we're not disorganized like Italians. Those motherfuckers don't even imagine what the fuck is going to happen to their people. If Canada gets some, and there are chances that they're going, going to no matter what, and you see your politicians saying some shit like we can control the virus, virus. we must Go to work to keep our economics up and going. Please consider to extend your middle finger up and stay the fuck home. Excuse me for my French, but as I write this, hundreds of people are dying in Italy per day. Also, Trump doesn't have any idea what's going to happen to America. This will show the world how the media are not effective when it comes to being useful to the people. Anyway, sorry for my rant. You guys have a lot of listeners and I know I can reach out to you guys. So please pass this message on. Start to think to stay home, literally. Lockdown as the first cases start to snowball. Whenever you guys want to know what's going on in Italy, please feel free to ask me. I'm free 24 hours of the week until the 4th of April. If shit doesn't get any worse. Almost forgot. I love gray America. So anyways, love I replied, I replied. And then he says, thanks for getting back so quickly. Cause it was right before the intro, which would have been two weeks ago. So this was back in, in Beginning 8th, March. Of March, Yeah, March 14th or something. And then he says, I would add, like to add the following. It started with 25 or 30 cases for us too. I attached a video of the stats. Uh, watch to the very end so from February 22nd on it was a total shit show now whatever happens to Italy at the end of this video could happen to any country on the planet but I I don't really agree with that because there's some there's some outstanding things in Italy that you know that we we've talked about personally I don't know if we want to talk about in the show I mean there's a lot of aged people I don't want
0: to get too into there's it on the, the show whole, because the whole it's the very thing where people on either side, and I don't know enough to tell anyone they're right or wrong. It's just my opinion.
2: Yeah. You saw that study about the flu shot, though, right?
0: Yeah, i that seen that. Interesting. I mean. i also seen the guy that made the original model that said all these people were going to die, like, divided that by, like, 50 today. So he went from 500,000 to 20,000. So that'd be divided divide by 20, 25, I guess, not 50.
2: And he says, and I can't stress this enough, if you hear your politicians, national politicians saying we must care about the economics and such, it only means one thing. They don't care if you die. Not throwing any conspiracy here. There are country leaders that are saying stay home and we'll be fine in three weeks, like Italy, China, Austria, etc. And others are that are saying we'll have it under control, Germany, France, etc. Sorry to throw a lot of negativity in your face right now, but I care about you guys and your peers and felt it natural to me. It felt natural to me to let you guys know. Besides, we're playing music on our balconies here in Italy. It's an unreal, funny, creative and deeply fucked up time. Cheers and to leave you with a positive note. Yes, it's a simulation possibly the coronavirus is an upgrade.
0: Ah. Pew pew. Good vibes, brother. We hope you get we hope you uh you as a country get well soon. And then No one then.
2: <clears throat> and then no one then and then
0: what do you got this is from
2: another buddy ryan
0: ryan ryan
2: l he's like listen to the open of the latest Gram american i can't believe how worked up you guys over the BS. listen to the latest thc episodes from over the weekend the epidemic is fugazi testing my life is literally unchanged besides all the cv talk be a calming voice instead of an exasperating the panic and confusion or don't I'll listen either way. love you guys. And uh, he also came back and said, he felt like he was being a bit of a shit. So yeah. I feel like I was being a bit of a dick. That last email THC and Crow 7 said, just had Don Lester and David Parker on talking about their new book. What really makes you ill, which easily demonstrates how asinine this whole pandemic baloney is. You guys should try and get them on. Also, he's talking about, uh, the anti-vax debate as well. The only virus is the idea that infects your consciousness. By the way, the last episode you did kicked major ass inspired me to get my health in check. Wish I could afford his filtration setup, though much love. So that's the other side of it, you know, which is what we're trying to balance here is like, how bad is this? And what do we do? And then to go to the more esoteric side, we have the best fucking listeners this is from Bruce and he lists like well, let me just just do a quick counter: 1 like like 60 70, 80 headlines he attaches them all with 33. So we talked about this in the, sh- oh, in the right, show yeah. coming out. And I, we asked this guy about 33 because he was talking about symbolism and the power of symbols and all that kind of stuff. And he said, 33 is not so much for messaging, but for the residents. Cause he was bringing up esoteric me- messaging among the elites and the politicians and all that. So he says, hope you dudes are keeping well. What's happening with CAC and Bryce Canyon. I'm so sad all this is happening. I watched conspiracy themed video on Corona coronavirus and decided to do some duck, duck, go news searches on my own, coronavirus 33 and COVID-1933 revealed way too many news stories utilizing that specific number for it to be a coincidence. Why do the number of deaths or cases rise by 33 and why release reports at that exact moment? Why estimate 33% of the cases? Why donate more than 33 million or secure contracts worth $33 million. Why all the pros- profiles of 33-year-old victims? There's an article about a restaurant closing down after 33 years. There's even 33 in the Canadian news. What in this serious hell is going on? Is coronavirus real? Is it? If it is, what is the purpose and the extent of the devastation? Really, what are we being told? Or is it just a huge hoax to keep us all home, separate from one another, destitute and scared? Stay well, guys. So a lot of these uh, headlines are death tolls rising by 33, rising by 33 in different areas, Washington, Egypt, UK, <clears throat> 33 million in government contracts. Data suggests 33% were asymptomatic, shutting down for the first time in 33 years. <laughs> another rise, another rise, another rise, all 33 <laughs> It like it is mind blowing. Thirty three deaths. Thailand records thirty three new cases. Like a lot. Like how many? The British like sixty r like Three hundred
0: thirty billion.
2: R M V to reopen uh, seven branches. Thirty three remain closed. I'm thirty three, and that left me struggling for breath. Thirty like it. It's a, a long list of. 33 in the headlines.
0: Crazy to me. Magic number, karma. 33, anyway, million,
2: 33 million to fight it.
0: We're going to pop out a bunch of shows next week.
2: Yeah, we got some good ones coming up.
0: Some real gooders. And that's our best. Uh, that's what we got against Corona is just some more content for you. Make you feel a little better. Pass some time. Couple hours. So... What else you yeah, That's it? Wrap up. let's get out of here. Let's,
2: let's get out of here. Let's Hopefully everybody's all good.
0: And yeah, we love you guys. We hope you get better. Get out of your houses. Yep. Get some fresh air. Yeah. Love each other. Don't freak the fuck out let's on each other on social yeah. media. Just stay stay fucking chillax.
2: Hopefully this Take will wind deep down. Take a breath. Breathe deep. think it'll wind down in April. Or oh, That's your yeah. prediction. Yeah. Easter. I'm still yeah, sticking
0: Easter. with Easter by Easter. The the
2: resurrection and Easter. That's not why
0: I picked Easter. Jesus Christ. Ah. Pun intended.
2: And for Gary Wayne's Genesis 6
0: Conspiracy. Enjoy the chat. (laughs) Gary Wayne.
2: So we finally got Gary Wayne with us. He's the author of the Genesis six conspiracy, how secret societies and the descendants of giants plan to enslave humankind. He's uh he's a Christian contrarian has been, uh, he's had a lifelong love affair with the biblical prophecy, history, and mythology, which you can tell by this huge tome right here, quite a beast of a book. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, thanks for joining us, Gary.
3: Well, thank you for inviting Inviting me and so much, looking forward to the conversation tonight, and you know maybe talking about areas that people may may not be all that familiar with, and or connecting some dots to areas where people may have some knowledge
2: of. Yeah, that that sounds great. Yeah, you'll find a, our listeners have uh, like like I was mentioning before we started, we don't really get into scripture too much, so it'll be. But I mean, this goes into all kinds of stuff that we talk about. It's amazing that the the overlap between. You know the giants and the secret societies, and
0: yeah.
2: uh, and a lot of the the contemporary conspiracies that you you wrap into the book as well. Um, well. And
3: what I wanted to do was go to not only Christians, but maybe invite you know non Christians in to have you know a look at what the similarities are. And so when I and I quote you know extraordinary sources in terms of the variety of sources, whether it's the Gnostic religions, it's secular history. The alien mythos, what you know, all the mythologies and religions around the world, like the Popol Vuh with uh, the Kishamaya, Maya, for example. And what I try and do is let them speak for themselves, so uh, there's no manipulation of uh, of what they've recorded or stated. And then I show how that fits into what is told biblically. And you know, when I went down that rabbit hole of the uh, secret societies, you know, kind of more towards the end because of linking in the um, mythologies around the world, which leads you to the mystery religions and the mystery schools, and then I went down that rabbit hole for oh geez, an incredible number of years just trying to understand how that works. And so, you know, you could continue to write forever on it, but I think what's interesting about the what the what the book has to say is how consistently, maybe from a different lens, a polytheist lens or a sect. Lens, whichever lens that people are looking through, it's telling the same story from the same uh, parallel events, just with a monotheist lens or a polytheist lens or whatever lens that somebody you know would come at that subject from.
2: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. One of the things that struck me is is the uh, all the similarities between the dragon myths and the and the chaotic well, the splitting of the chaotic waters and all that. When you describe how many different. Yeah different types of that same thing there are. there are.
3: Well, there are. I mean, the amazing thing is whether or not you're talking about Leviathan or Lotan or Tiamat and all the different names. There's a name for those two primordial dragons in every culture on all continents around the world, except for Antarctica, and we'll see what happens in Antarctica down the road. And you get serpent mythology, serpent imagery, both in the gods and the kings on all continents, all around the world again. And it's a common prehistory just as pyramids show up on all continents, all around the world. And I could go on and on and on with all all the different kinds of things that have this common thread, no matter where you come from, uh, that speaks to the same prehistory.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess right off the bat, I don't I don't wanna get down this this uh tangent too quickly, but I know Darren's gonna ask it anyway. Oh boy,
0: okay, you go ahead.
2: But but because of the dragons and the serpents and how how prevalent that is, was there any evidence of psychedelics being used or like ayahuasca, that kind of DMT thing where the mother ayahuasca appears to so many people? Like that's an ingrained it seems like it's an ingrained uh archetype with uh with that type of drug use.
3: Well, and it goes, again, all back to prehistory. So whether or not, whatever source that you're going to come at it from, the gods or an alien uh, influence introduced knowledge and the ability to develop the sciences that it marries up with this knowledge and it taught civilization. And so as part of that, you get into what that means in terms of the development, not only from the medical perspective, but from the other psychedelic drugs and others that were used in prehistory whether it's opium or whatever like you get into let's say sumerian history or egyptian history or greek history and you got these these pods of poppies that are drying out you know and they use that in terms of part of their rituals and to make contact with uh people or spirits from the other dimensions and so again, it is as old as our history goes and it all has sort of that nexus that all starts with a similar type of story.
2: Yeah. Where do you want to go, Darren? Do you're interested? I mean, I'm interested, I guess, the because mo- cause there's so much in this book. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in in probably the, the secret society part, um, the splitting yeah. off. I was fascinated by the connections between all the secret societies on the spurious path for sure all the way down through from now all the way back to, to like Enoch really. But I mean, you don't have to go that far back. Maybe start with the contemporary bloodlines of the secret societies. I mean, I know that's a vague, big question, but maybe you can summarize it somehow and then we can dig in a little bit from there.
3: Sure. So I would say if you're going to talk about modern secret societies, the place to start at would be the Knights Templar. Yeah. And that is, when you have uh, an organization that's created between 1090 and 1099 AD. And most of the members are all royal bloodlines that are sons of kings and princes. And even two that are not, they're Cistercian monks. But again, those would be from the secondary or third or fourth of the siblings that would move into the religious organization and control uh, the religious organization as well through the through the through bloodlines, and that's typically called. With let's say within the Catholic Church, where the Templars were molded into, uh, that would be called the Black Nobility, which most maybe some of your um, listeners are familiar with. But you have Hugh de Payan, and you have a fellow by the name of Anjou, and you have uh, Godfrey de Bouillon, who are sort of the most famous. Uh, Knights Templar, but also the St. Clairs. And he's not listed amongst the uh, the original nine, but he is a battle partner to on Of course, the St. Clair is the original name uh, that transliterates into St. after they moved to Scotland. And the St. Clairs are the ones who start Freemasonry after the fall of the Knights Templar in 1307. So by 1323, you've got a whole new society that's being set up that's an offshoot of the adepts that escaped from the Templar society. Now, de Bouillon-Anjou and Anjou would be one of the root families for the Plantagenet. So King John, King Richard, uh, Magna Carta, that type of lineage that produces the Plantagenet, which produces a lot of the kings and the queens for England and for France— uh, is where the Anjou comes from. And the Anjou from the Lorraine region, which is where de Payon and de Bouillon also come from. And that's where the cross of Lorraine starts to come in. And of course, that double cross you have on the Oreo cookies, but that's another rabbit hole. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a topic in itself, believe me. And uh, so you have these three who take their ancestry as do the other ones, but these are the most uh, prominent ones back to the last, survivor of the Merovingian dynasty, which is Dagobert. And that lineage is tracked all throughout prehistory. So these are all uh, what they call Masons, not Freemasons of that time, of an ancient order. And Freemasonry is the modern version as it's created in the uh, early 1300s after the fall of the temperatures. But the ancient Masons go right back into prehistory. And it's connected to uh, the... Creation of the giants and the creation of mysticism and uh, how they're going to handle this knowledge that we talked about with the gods. So this is the society, the Templars, that is going to become the most powerful organization in the world. It's got the best military. It is the richest organization. It lends money to kings. It starts modern banking as we know it. And it is polytheist at the core. And they bring an organizational structure back with them from the Middle East, from an organization called the Assassins, which comes out of the Sufis, out of the Islamic Society. So it's the sort of the Gnostic side of Islam. It's the polytheist side. And they provide that organizational structure for the Templars after working and partnering with them for a long period of time in the Middle East. And they bring this organization back. So what that organization looks like is you have the secret order in the middle or at the you know at the center, and then at the at the bottom levels, you have people who aren't totally immersed or have become adepts. So they're the initiates, and they're not at the adept level. So these are the adepts, the the bloodlines, and they're a little bit different than the ones who kind of come up the order in terms of being invited in as in Freemasonry, but it's that same type of, organizational structure. And so in 1307, this organization is disbanded, and you had this huge centralized organization that uh, the King of France and the Pope came up with to bring down, mostly to get the money, and to maybe take some of the power out of the uh, Templars' hands. So after the fall of the Knights Templar, they're not going to have this organization set up the same way it was before, where it's totally centralized. And an organization that split away in 1188, at something called the Cutting of the Elms at Ezer Castle uh, in Normandy, uh, which has a connection to the St. Clairs and Rollo, and, but that's, again, another rabbit hole. Um, you have uh, a splitting of this inner organization from the Knights Templar because they feel they've lost their way that they're too focused, uh, the Templars are too focused on monetary values, and they've lost the prize, which is Jerusalem, which had fallen a year before. So the powerful end of it, the money side of it, leaves in 1188, and they're going to form the basis of the Rosicrucian Society that's going to start to show up afterwards and be sort of the premier secret society organization. And After the fall of the next Templar, 33 of them go to the Catholic Church, and they say, we'd like to restart the Templars again. And uh, the Catholic Church says, yes, but we're going to provide our own members. And so um, these royal families and secret societies members that are going to become the Rosicrucian Society, they say, no, we're going to go on our own. And they call themselves the invisible one which is where that term comes from, because they're talking to the invisible ones at the adept level, the spiritual realm, aliens, whatever you want to call them, celestial uh, masters, the Great White Brotherhood. It's all basically the same group of beings that they're in contact with. And so they're going to start, you know, as they first start to show up, uh, they're going to have an effect on uh, starting Freemasonry as being uh, sponsors of it through Robert the Bruce. And they're going to start the Cross Society in Scotland, which becomes sort of the first visible face to them. You're going to see the Rosicrucians develop a little bit more in about 1400 with the Sarconi Ronde or the Order of Draconis, Mm -hmm. as they're going to want to start the Renaissance and do what they would call pursue the pursuits of thought, or this ancient knowledge and development of the sciences and things like that, and to put their bloodlines back on the thrones in Europe where they're being pushed off and the Rosicrucians are going to be the ones that will in the 1500s start the new templars in the catholic church which are the jesuit organization and th- and they're going to take over the jesuits through an order called the order of montessa which is a uh, grand master is run by the name of borgia which is a family of popes part of the black nobility in the uh, in the catholic church and he's going to fund Ignatius of Loyola at the beginning, and by 1570, he becomes the third leader and has absolute control over it. So he sets up a Jesuit order, which is they would call the new Templars so that they can set up the new Babylon within the Catholic Church. They also set up uh, other aspects that the Templars were uh, focused on so that they could get uh, not only decentralized, but move forward in a lot of different directions. So you have the Jesuits that we've talked about, which are going to take over education and banking within the Catholic Church. You've got Freemasonry, which is focused on the media, as we know today, but be- before that, they were focused on the military and government. And you have the Illuminati that is going to be set up, that is at the sort of the adept level of Freemasonry today in silver Coat reports to the the Rosicrucians up the hierarchy and they are, uh, their responsibility is to bring down Christianity and to focus on world government. And you're going, they're going to set up the Royal society, which is also called the invisible college. And it's going to be the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons that work together to set that up, to get control of education and science outside the church Understand that they've got the Jesuits starting from about 1574 as opposed to 1540 when the Jesuits were uh, organized. They're going to have control of that inside the church and now outside the church. Just as you have a lot of the money that went from the fall of the Templars that went over to Switzerland to the Knights uh, the Hospitallers, the Knights of St. John, which has the White Cross Order, which was a sister organization Um, within the Catholic Church, again with the same type of individuals, only not with the primary uh, first sons, but again, second sons generally going in there. They had already set up the banking there. So that's why you have the white cross on the flag for Switzerland as part of the roots, because Switzerland is set up as a banking nation, which they've all got united back there now with the Catholic Church and the Rothschilds also Uh, setting up banking headquarters. The Rothschilds are set up to replace the banking arm outside the church. And the Rothschilds were the Bauer family before, and they were funded by the Masonic community, and they changed their name to Rothschilds in 1810 to 1812 when they set up the London Bank. So these are sort of the modern organizations that people would be familiar with, but it sort of is that splitting of the Knights Templar. And I know that was a bit of a rant, but I thought... yeah. I thought I'd put a lot of that on the table. Yeah, And it's important to understand, just to finish off, where the Rosicrucians fit. They have an organization that is 50% pure bloods at the top. And then you have the rising initiates as they go through Freemasonry, Illuminati, and other organizations at the lower level. And above them is the Committee of 300, which where the original 33 went, they would have developed orders underneath after that. And I'll get to the 33 in a second. So the Committee of 300 that, that the Bilderbergers would report to, at least the leaders of the Bilderbergers, there's two organizations of that, the Pure Bloods and the New Money, that you see the meeting of once a year over in Europe, like Bill Gates and Clinton. Would the those CFR fit Go into Gates. that too then? Or? Uh, the CFR falls more under Freemasonry. They're set up uh, to control the politics then that we had talked about before. And so... You would get into the CFR through, like, Yale University and the ivory colleges and through the skull bones and those. that's a stepping stone right into politics and, uh, you know, into the Trilateral Commission and that. But it, again, it's all sort of funded through that Masonic arm. And above the Committee of 300, oh, and also the Club of Rome, which... <laughs> might be familiar with, that Pierre Trudeau was a member of, (laughs) 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 Uh, which was started in the late 60s, would report. Some people say to the upper end of the Rosicrucians, and some say to the Committee of 300, but all of that's pure blood. And above the Committee of 300 is the Council of 33. So you see that broadening of that sort of family, and then to the top 13 at the top level. Oh, that's what, okay,
2: okay, keep going. i got a question for you after that. Yeah, and then you've got all these other
3: organizations that are sort of, coming in and inserting up that, that sort of hierarchy, but it's those ones that I just talked about, which is kind of like the trunk that goes up the middle.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah. I had a question here from the odd man out. He was a past guest of ours. And he said, I would like to know if he thinks actually he's the one that suggested we have you on as well. He said, I would like to know if he thinks there's anything to the supposed council of 13, which you just mentioned or grand Druid council of 13. That John Todd so talks about. It's yeah. it's
3: it's the same, and yeah. you'll see that druid uh, used for the thirty three as well. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's just kind of the vernacular term that's coming out of more of like the Celtic um, communities, right? Yeah. And understand that you know a lot of Freemason Grand Masters are witches, and vice versa, because it's it's just it's the same religion, and they're talking about, you know, the same ide- ideologies, and you have the same sort of hierarchy. It's a lit- splintered a little bit more from a religious perspective, but you have to understand it's the same religion of the secret societies. But it's it's that Western sort of term, and the reason why I want to point that out is because there are more than the 13 families around the world. That's the Western 13 oh, families. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Yeah.
3: And, and I know there's also a lot of, Uh, confusion in North America, when you're talking about the Rockefellers and uh, J.P. Morgan and families like that, DuPonts, that they're part of the 13. Those are what they call blue blood, pseudo blue bloods. They're wannabe blue bloods. Uh, So if you've heard the term pseudo, and that's what what they're trying to do is marry into these bloodlines and through the generations become more pure terms of continued intermarriage so that their children can rise higher. But they were funded right from the beginning. And I walked through that in my book yeah. uh, by mostly the uh, the banking arm, which was the Rothschilds, yeah. right? They're all funded to get started. So they're totally loyal to them. But there's other families around the world So and secret societies. So you have parallel and equal secret societies over in China.
2: Like the Li family and, and, and them?
3: Like yeah. the Li family. And the Li family goes back to the Shah. You know, they were the, the Shah people, as that goes back. And they produced all of the dynasties throughout the Chinese uh, history. And after the communists took over, the Li still penetrated in. So you actually had a Li uh, in the late 90s that was president. And, and, and Xi is also connected back to the Lee family. And that goes back to the dragon creator gods. And again, I have a great, I have a great document on that. If people want me to lay that out and on and how the Lees run all of the secret societies all around the world and how the triads also fit in that they also run.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you have so like we, a flowchart document like that or.
3: Well, I have a document that sort of walks people through yeah. and says, here's the relationships and here's the organizations and the secret societies and yeah. just sort of, um, you know, shows people that this is not just a Western thing that most people, through our own sort of arrogance, sort of uh, sort of try and 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 make our positions stronger. And it's I know it's our, our normal bias, but you have to understand that there was more than one civilization before the flood, and more than one civilization after the flood. Yeah. So that you have these 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 family bloodlines that that remain. And so, like you have the uh, Yamamoto family of Japan and they're part of that global organization. You see see some references to this in some science fiction movies where you have sort of this eerie sort of uh, invisible council that you know secretly runs the world. You also have the royal bloodlines from, you know, the Kichamaya and the Aztecs and the Incas, you know, like the Roca family out of the Incas and a lot of people think that when the Spanish came that they Slaughtered all of the royal families and and destroyed those lines. And they only murdered the king that was, um, you know, reigning at that time. But by the 1520s, the Spanish and the Portuguese had reinstated all of the royal families back to the original position and all of the rights and actually started to intermarry again with families in, in Spain and families in Portugal, which were all royal bloodlines. So understand that there's this, is an understanding of this amongst the royal families right around the world.
2: But yeah. It almost makes it seem like that intermarrying was really a smart thing to do for them. Like now it kind of makes more sense that they always wanted to intermarry and enforce all these marriages because you really can keep this, this bloodline going after through the
0: generations. So who's Absolutely. at the top in the West? Do we know Who's who any the, of those thirteen are?
3: Yeah, there's you know there's varying degrees in terms of who people think that they are. Understand that they're going to be trying to keep out of the public eye. So, yeah.
2: And and not on the Yeah, I've so, always pictured them being hidden in the background, kind of. You know, like yeah. the people that we hear about in the media are the foot soldiers of that that thir- the council right. 13, right. Kind of thirteen kind.
3: Yes. So if Rockefellers or Rothschilds yeah, are too yeah. visible.
2: Yeah. So that's yeah. why when so I they're said they're like they were the 300 level? Them, no, no, no. The 300 is. Bo- yeah. The 13s are the
0: head of the 300. No, but I'm saying so are the Rockefellers in the 300 level? No. They're below that or?
3: They're, they're below that. Yeah. No, they are not pure bloods.
0: Oh, so the three, uh, they, even the 300 level is pure bloods.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And once you get to the upper portion of the Rosicrucians, that is the pure blood.
2: Wow. And that goes all the way. And, yeah. and, you, and you can trace that blood going all the way back to, like, thousands of years ago? Well,
3: well they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do. Yeah. You know, that's why you have, like, Prince Charles saying that he is um, an, ascest, an ancestor of Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Right? Um, which, again, comes through his, you know, Hanoverian background. But they have the genealogies to prove it, and Vlad the Impaler was uh, one of the members that was initiated into the Order of Draconus. Right. I enjoyed that chapter. Earlier. That
2: chapter was yeah. awesome in your book. Yeah,
3: <laughs> so it's like here's Dracula,
2: and you know, Dracula, one of the ancestors of our, you know, contemporary elite.
3: So some of the families to keep an eye on, obviously, the Windsor family, and a lot of the scioning or the grafting in of the bloodlines that was continual over. Uh, the the, the years, so you know they have Stuarts, they have Hanovers, they've got um, you know Vlad's bloodline, and it's a, it's a very noble bloodline. But that's an obvious one because they're still in power, and people can see them. So let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the ones that people aren't as much familiar with. You need to keep an eye on the uh, Stuart uh, uh, bloodline because they're still descendants of, of of the Stuarts that are out there. And they were called the Unicorn Dynasty, which was the most ennobled dynasty of scion grafted in bloodline since the Merovingians. And so they're still ones that would be making a claim in the background. Obviously, the Plantagenet and the Anjou are one of the families uh, to keep an eye on. You have the Habsburg-Lorraine Dynasty, Um which still, there's a lot of Habsburg um, that are out there, and the Lorraine comes from again that Anjou relationship and on the payon the bouillon of the Lorraine region when they intermarried. And what was interesting about that uh, marriage was you had the King of Jerusalem title that followed uh, them within that intermarriage, so it went to that Habsburg Lorraine dynasty. And the King of Jerusalem title today is with the Bourbon family, which again is, you know, um, scioned into uh, the Habsburg-Lorraine dynasty and a whole bunch of other bloodlines, but that's the current King of Spain. Um, And the King of Jerusalem title is a significant title to this bloodline because they also have scioned into their bloodlines, bloodlines that go back to King David, to Jesus, as they would allege, and to King Saul. What's interesting about that is that King Saul was a Benjamite. And the Benjamites were in the book, uh, in the time of Joshua, in the time of the conquest of the covenant land, were awarded Jerusalem. And so uh, they look at Jerusalem as their city. Now, what's important about that is that in 1118, uh, the brother of uh, of Godfrey de Bullion, Baldwin II, is crowned in a small Priory, Zion, on Iraq in Jerusalem, is the first crowned king of Jerusalem because the crusaders have taken Jerusalem from the Muslims. This is the title that they want to fully express and implement when they put forward their Antichrist figure to be crowned the king of Jerusalem in the temple in the last seven years of this age. which. Is called in the Bible, the abomination. Yeah, And so it's important to follow these things. And I get a lot of questions with Christians and otherwise and saying, well, do you believe all of that? Yeah. Yeah. And my point is, it's not whether I believe it or, or not. It's that they believe it and what they're doing yeah. with it, that yeah. information. And that's what you need to be concerned about. So is that,
2: is that in Jerusalem, like the Dome of the Rock and Solomon's Temple? Is that where that's supposed yeah. to happen?
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Which is one of the stumbling blocks about bringing about the end time because you have to have that and the sacrifice of the Jewish people taking place in the first three and a half years. But what the secret societies and the bloodlines are trying to bring about is world government. So they need to bring about that Babylon within the Catholic Church to bring about universal religion that is going to permit that to happen for the Jewish people to do the sacrifice and to bring about the Ten King Empire for the End Time that is talked about in Daniel and Revelation for Christians. And that's why the Club of Rome that we talked about earlier has such an interesting connection because they divided the world into ten groups of nations or spheres of influence or trading blocks, whatever you want to call them, that will have one representative for that world government.
2: And they also created the, the enemy of the people, right? They, I mean, they wrote about creating global warming will fit yes. that bill. So yes. the Club of Roma is actually acting and pushing that towards a world government of whatever, taxes, some sort of world structure that can enable everybody to pay their fair share to stop this created enemy of the people.
3: Yeah, they created a lot of ideas, but it's the cattle herd people into the into the arms of... The globalists who want to set up that world government into those ten groups of nations. I mean, we see them trying to work it. They're getting pushback all all of the time, but they're always working towards towards that goal. They so, also created the ideology of peak oil,
2: yeah, uh,
3: which of course has now kind of
2: yeah kind of been, went away, really debunked. Yeah. You
3: know, they've cre- they created the overpopulation uh, panic that went on on for years. Uh, they're the author of a lot of these. Ideas that cross borders yeah. that affect people around the world, and the answer is always globalization.
0: Yeah, like coronavirus. So,
3: <laughs> well, we don't have any evidence on that. So whether cre- yeah, whether or not it's a yet, whether or not you know it's been around for a long time, we just didn't know it, or it's a biological weapon, or it's a contrived catastrophe to bring about financial collapses and uh, panic to I mean it's not above their uh, MO to you know to do something about that and i believe a lot of things that it's going to take to bring about these fantastic ideas like world government or universal religion is going to require catastrophes and they'll be contrived yeah, but it doesn't take a lot of them. I mean, if you were to have a nuclear explosion going off, or you would have an introduction of the aliens to the world as being, you know, our partners or something. I mean, it changes everything in terms of being able to implement some of those ideas. And change happens through catastrophe.
2: Yeah, definitely. Never let a good crisis go to waste.
0: So, yeah. is there any way, way to combat industry?
2: it? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Is there any way to combat these these fucking guys? Or are they like, we need to start our own religion?
3: Well, you can. we can always push back whether or not you're religious or not. You don't have to be Christian to say that putting that much power in so few people's hands that controls the world without any uh, restraint only leads to a despot, which is Antichrist. So it doesn't matter what persuasion you come from. If you understand that globalization is not a good idea, I mean, people from all faiths and, and ideologies can, can push back. Um, but they are powerful. They're, they're, they, have, they are so entrenched. They are so powerful, so much in control of every aspect that they, they have the ability to a certain degree to get people to accept uh, ideas And people don't ask good critical questions. So they're easily deceived and they continue to ramp this propaganda up as we go, which means they think we need to understand that they feel that they're getting close.
2: Yeah. Uh, So I have a couple other questions. I kind of agree with them. Yeah. On them or that they're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're switching gears from certain things to other things. Think so? Yeah.
0: What Do sort it, of things?
2: Like from global warming to pandemics or, I don't know. I mean, or alien. I mean, the disclosures this happening. This is why you got to share the show,
0: people. This is how we push back. Maybe it's a multi
2: multi-prong approach.
0: This is why you got to share the show. Support the show. Dot slash support. So we can keep pushing back with Gary Wayne. Buy his book. <laughs> so he can keep pushing back. Write another book. <laughs> absolutely
2: i don't know it must have taken him like 15 years to write this one I don't this know thing this. is pretty
0: thick yeah that's is this an audio well, yet I,
2: gary gary warned me when i said no, i was gonna no, read his no book lot of
0: people have looked at
3: it but <laughs> it's it, it it has a high cost to do and they look at return on investment and yeah. everybody who's looked at it my publisher outside people they say yeah we'd really love to do it but don't call us;
2: we'll call you. Wow! So
0: I think we could figure big, something think, out. We can. Detail. Let's talk. <laughs> so. uh, let's talk down the road, off the off the air. And I think <laughs> I've got one of the best narrators in Canada here. I can't pronounce all, all long- those words.
2: I to- I told you already; it's impossible to do. Well, you'll it's- have
0: to go through it once and like send him a list.
2: <laughs> It'd be a long. I'd be writing you a book of words I can't
0: pronounce. Well, at least write him the book this time. Don't just assume. <laughs>
2: Uh, speaking uh, of words I don't know how to pronounce Rex Deuce. Is it yeah, Deuce sure. or Do? Deu? How does how does that fit into you, this whole contemporary you can secret that society? Either way, but okay. either
3: the proper way would be Rex Deus. Oh yeah, right. And just as but you look at the word Deuce and it's rooted in Zeus, but the correct pronunciation would be Zeus, right? Just as in uh, you know, Planet of the Apes when they talk about Doctor Zeus, Doctor Zeus
0: same name, oh, right? Okay. So, Dr. Zeus Dr. Zeus, so how
2: does that fit into this whole lineage of secret societies that you just shared with us
3: Well, you know the planet of the Apes is uh, more more of an allegory uh, it's an older, more simplistic allegory um, and uh, it, what really sort of goes back to the the you know ideology is that you know humans are a mundane race and they're not really um, capable of running this world without destroying it. And so you need the offspring of the gods or a superior race to come in and take over. And, and uh, that's what happens when mundane people run the world. And right. so, I mean, their allegory of these ape-like creatures is, you know, uh, one of the first sort of real um, entertainment overlays. And what's interesting about the apes is that they are very hairy creatures. Right? Well, you understand the Nephilim Mythos or the giant mythos and the Raphaim after the flood. You understand that these beings were not only larger and stronger than humans, um, but they had a lot of hair as well. Yeah. And so I think that's the allegory that, that they were playing. And then the humans kind of fit in as a second class sort of race underneath. A superior race that takes over because humans destroyed it. Uh, and that's exactly what ha- happens before the flood. So the giants are created in Genesis 6, which is, you know, why the name of the book, verses 1 through 4. And there are these giant hairy people who are the offspring of the gods that are going to take over and rule humankind. They usurp the kingships and they set up this feudal system where the humans are based only are only good for sacrifice for eating for drinking their blood and for servitude and that they're to serve the superior race and that's kind of where the allegory of the planet of the apes go but it's it's an interesting story but it's not as well written as so much of the other science fiction with the allegories and things that are in there where it's a, a little bit more obvious but it goes back a long ways and it's you know, when you look at what was going on in the 60s in terms of when um, where science fiction was, and you look at the Planet of the Apes back then, that was a quantum leap forward.
2: Yeah.
0: What do you think are some of the books that are some of the fiction that, that wraps it up a little nicer?
3: Well, there's a, there's a lot of good ones. Um, Doctor Strange, which has a, a couple ones out there has uh, an interesting take on it where you've got this dark lord of the universe that would be the god of the Bible um, that they would label that as. And you have this this race of, of people that are fighting for freedom from this dark lord, for this realm uh, away from this uh, god of the universe that where they can live separate. And that's what they're trying to win. And of course you have... You know, interdimensional play. You have all of the imagery of the ancient gods and the ancient nephilim. That's all bound bound into them, and that really right goes back to what we're, what they're always trying to uh, do in terms of, of the what the conspiracy is is to have a realm on their own away from the god of the Bible, and that what is talked about in Isaiah fourteen twelve, where uh, Lucifer, which is you know oddly the uh, name that Freemasons use for their god along with the great architect of the universe, is inserted into Isaiah 14 when the word should be hail out, as it translates out of Hebrew. That's another rabbit hole. But Satan wants to have his own realm and to be like God, and that's what they're going to promise in the end time. So that if you move, if you look at that in terms of what they're fighting for, that's one of the, the key components. I really also like Star Wars in terms of how they set those characters up and again you have this dualistic polytheist religion and you have all of these names that go back to their history and their genealogies that are embedded into it including you know you have uh, you know the Jedi which is this uh, race of people who have the force and there's a good force and evil force but that's just the dualism of polytheism right Uh at the second level and so but they have the midi midichlorons uh, in their bloodline, which is again would be uh, an allegory for the bloodlines and what some people might suggest is the RH. R- negative, negative? Yeah, I was gonna say the Basque yeah. people.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And Ooh. and the Jedi is is a play on the Jinn, or the Jinn as it should be pronounced out of the Quran. And in there you have two levels of jinn. One are the ones made from smokeless fire and then there's the other ones that are the demigods and the offspring. Those are the Nephilim of the Bible. And Again, you have the same story all throughout every culture around the world about this race of giants that were created that were the offspring of the gods. And so anything that's got to do with a superhero movie as well as science fiction is reflecting this ideology.
2: And Lord of what the I'm Rings, talking, even probably too. Oh,
3: that's an incredible <laughs> allegory of what they're talking about. And even at the end of the Lord of the Rings, you have all of these incredible beings sailing off on this boat on the water because now it's the age of man. That is an allegory for uh, that this is what happens thereafter is after the flood. All of these beings actually were created before the flood along with the giants, which is again typical in all of uh, mythology, whether it's Greek mythology with all these different beings that they're created or Egyptian mythology. And, you know, you've got, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars and you know, Obi is uh, a Greek word that goes back to the word meaning necromancer and sorcerer. And Ben Kenobi, Ben is son, son of a high priest. Uh, I mean, they they just they just totally embed things. You have Anakin, which is you know uh, uh, a play on the Anakites or the Anakim giants, which are Raphaim giants after the flood. You have uh, Luke Skywalker, which is a play off of. A Loki Skywalker, which was a giant out of uh, Norse, uh, Norse mythology, yeah, yeah. and you know, again, a demigod. Which a demigod is is defined as a
2: a lower god, a lesser god. Or, yeah.
3: Well, it's yes, but as an offspring of a god and a human female. Right, yeah, yeah, right. So, and you know, and when you get into Greek mythology, let's you know get into the Atlantean mythology of Poseidon marrying. I or Clydo, depending on which transliteration, and sometimes uh, the version is Ayapetus, Uh, but they produce the uh, offspring who are the kings that are going to rule the Atlantean Empire of the anti world, which includes Atlas, right? And these are the heroes. Hercules would be uh, one of those individuals as well. The classic superhero would be Superman, right? And his real name is Cal El. L at the end, and his father is Jor El. El is a Hebrew word for angel or a god, yeah. right? And uh, El was also the head of the Canaanite pantheon, with ba- Baal as his uh, as a son. And he is a superman, as a superhero, and hero is. A word for giant that comes out of Greek mythology, and even in some of the modern translations of the Bible in Genesis six four, the King James version would say uh, the mighty ones and men of renown, um, but the uh, let's say the NIV would say uh, heroes of old. And so, a hero was known to be again the offspring of, of the giants, just as Hercules is, you know, is the son of Zeus, right? So this story permeates all of societies, and these are who these superheroes are based on. And even like Batman, who is kind of a different breed of a of, of superhero, out of the Kisha Maya that comes out of. And uh, the demigods that are created from the gods like um, you know Quetzalcoatl and the Plumed Serpents or Seraphim type of angels, you have... Uh, a, a breed or a race that is created called the Zibelba. And the Zibelba also have sort of like a kin race uh, that are bat type people as opposed to bird looking type of offspring. And there's uh, one race that's called Kamazot C A M A Z O T Z. If you Google that, you're going to get this image that comes up which looks like the modern Batman out.
2: Yeah, oh, I've seen that. Picture before. Yeah. With the, yeah. With the ears and the, and the, it's yeah. like the shoulder thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So,
3: so again, I, if, if your listeners want, I've got a document on that. I've got a document on a lot of the stuff that we have that, you know, if they don't want to read the whole book of it. They just want something on, let's say the cross of Lorraine or something. I've got a document on that or stuff that I talk about that may not be in the book as yeah. well. Yeah. So,
2: man. So I guess uh, where to go from here, I've got so many questions in my head. How about, how about some of the esoteric organizations as they, talking about the contemporary secret societies, like the OTO or the Theosophical Society, Like, are they intertwined at all with, with some of this? Uh...
3: Oh, they're always, always. So the uh, Theosophy or the Theosophical Society, which isn't as prominent as it used to be, because New Age is an offshoot yeah, of yeah. the uh, Theosophical Society, uh, just as Ariosophy or the Reich Church for the Nazis was an offspring of Theosophy as well, a rogue offspring, but
2: yeah. um,
3: where they put Aryan ideology uh, overlaid onto Theosophy. But Theosophy was created by, guess who, the Rosicrucians, who have the, you know, have the religion of Gnosticism and this global cosmology of reuniting all of the ancient religions uh, around the world because they all believed that it came from the same base religion. But they created Theosophy in preparation for Francis Bacon's New Atlantis. And theosophy was the religion, and they wanted to change it from Gnosticism so that they wouldn't get as much heat from the Catholic Church. And it was designed to be a religion that would bridge science and religion for the end time. And incidentally, Francis Bacon, he wrote the book New Atlantis, and he is the inspirational founder for the Royal Society. And he, he, his painting to this day uh, hangs with two other ones in the entrance to the Royal society because he's the inspirational founder. And of course he was a Rosicrucian.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, and that would go with the, uh, the OTO as well. And some of the more sort of like darker maybe organizations mm-hmm. or what people think are. Yeah.
3: I mean, they're depending on, on, I mean, there's so many of them, right? So, they're sort of offshoots, but uh, they would sort of report back in that same sort, kind of hierarchy. And they're going to be controlled through the various secret societies. And depending on how powerful they are and how far of an outreach, where they'll intersect up that route that I talked about earlier. Yeah. So, like yeah. the Jesuits, for example, have a very significant role and they're going to report right into the Rosicrucians. Um, at, you know, to the, to the pure blood level, and so the theosophy would do the same thing. So, you know, Belavsky, who you know, creates theosophy in the 1870s, you know, she's from several Rosicrucian-type orders that are based around the, the Egyptian religion model yeah, of, of yeah. the secret society. Yeah.
2: So. Interesting. And that, I mean, some of that stuff goes all the way back to Hermes, right? I mean...
3: Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely,
2: um, and uh, go ahead.
3: Well, what people don't understand, you know, and again, um, I cover a lot of time and territory in the book. But in the beginning uh, of of uh, the world with humans, uh, and then you'll have the creation of the giants into the sixth generation of that, according to biblical chronology. You have a world where you have the gods or the aliens or the fallen angels intersecting with humans. And you have a development of something called the seven sacred sciences. Yeah, it's good that People we should know. Yeah,
2: we should get into that sort of where, where it sort of splits off way back then. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because it'll explain a lot. Yeah. And it would we would know that as the seven liberal sciences today that are taught in university that you know came about at the time of the Royal Society by the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians. Uh, and they called themselves the last of the sorcerers and the first of the scientists. <laughs> I know a lot of seculars don't want to hear, but you need to know who's behind the curtain here. <laughs> and uh, so you have uh, this uh, seven sciences that are going to be developed from a from a source. And according to Freemasons, that goes back to Adam. And a fellow by the name of Albert Mackey who wrote the history of Freemasonry in the 1800s is one of the Masonic modern patriarchs that people sort of look to. You know, Pike would be another one for for an example, but Albert Mackey put in a book, uh, a lot that was in the Polychronicon, which is the oral tradition of the Masons that go back into prehistory. Not all of it, but a lot of it, for you know, lower level Masonry. So you don't have what all, but you get some of it. And what they say is the knowledge that Adam was taught in Eden uh, in their case, they would say by the gods, not by the God of the Bible. But he's taught uh, things like agrarian principles and everything around that so that he can run the Eden Garden. So he knows, needs to know about astronomy and everything farmers need to know about today. It's a complicated business. And so when Adam and Eve are ostracized from Eden, they have children, and Cain being the operative child here, who kills Abel, by the way, but Adam teaches all of this knowledge he learned uh, in Eden to Cain, and Cain moves to a place called Nod, east of Eden, in the Mesopotamia or the Shinar, or the Sumer region, and buries somebody instantaneously, and I know that's another rabbit hole to go down, Mm. you can come back to that if you want. And he builds a city. We don't know for who, but he builds a city. If you follow, you know, standard Christian dogma, which you know probably should be revisited. But he builds a city, and he starts using this knowledge that he learned from from Adam. And then he has a son named Enoch, and he names the first city after Enoch. And there's two Enoch's in the Bible: it's Enoch son of Cain, and Enoch son of Jared of the Seth line. So two Enoch's, and the two genealogies look quite a bit the same as you would enunciate it. But he's the one who develops the knowledge uh, as as they're expanding and having more children and, and more generations, and and separates this knowledge into the seven sacred sciences, as they call it in Masonry, which merges with the knowledge of the fallen angels in about the sixth generation when the descendants of Cain and their daughters are going to be prepared and volunteer to cohabitate with fallen angels to create the giants and the demigods. And this knowledge that is, that they have developed is now going to be brought along at an extraordinary pace by this illicit knowledge provided by the gods. So it, it puts it on steroids, kind of what we're seeing, like what we're seeing today developing very, very quickly. And to protect this knowledge that Enoch is developing, and then will be used to partner with the Nephilim to take over the anti world uh, before the flood, and which we'll do again right from Babel forward after the flood, he's going to develop two significant organizations, one being the mystical sun-worshipping religion, which dominates all of polytheism in prehistory, and The mystery schools or the secret societies that freemasonry and masonry takes their history back to and they'll develop through the mystery schools this knowledge which is the knowledge of gnosticism or gnosis or or knowledge so it's a cult knowledge which is why they're so focused on the pursuits of thought and why they would create the royal society um in 1660 again to pursue the pursuits of thought. to so develop the knowledge the way it was in the golden age before the evil God of the Bible, as they would put it, destroyed uh, the world um, to start again, because the giants were, had basically corrupted the whole world. When I say corrupted, I won't go into the Hebrew word for, for this audience, but it wasn't just the violence. It was corruption of all the animals, corruption of humans, the corruptions of the plant genomes, with technology and knowledge that we're only now starting to, to develop. So we can imagine what we're talking about by the corruption level. And, and I think that's why God brings actually the animals to the ark, because he knows which ones aren't corrupted, right? To start anew and selects the eight people on, 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 on the boat. But this is the knowledge that is being developed, that's going to develop all of these different species That we see, whether it's in Lord of the Rings or in Greek mythology, that now starts to make some sense if you start to, to connect the dots. And the Freemasons take that back to their creation before the flood. So they're interwed in this prehistory and the knowledge. And Enoch, son of Cain, not son of Jared, is one of the greatest patriarchs, just as Tubal Cain is, who's of that same line that's written in the Bible, and Nama, who is thought to have married with. Giants to create more giants, uh, and also a fallen angel. She's, in other legends, she's thought to have intermarried with. And you have Jubal and Jubel. and Jubel is the one who developed the Masonic craft, which is the fifth science of geometry, um, and why you have the pyramids and the triangles as such a big part of, the, of their imagery. So that's where they take their history back. And so you have these two lines that have been created, which... Um, some people call the serpent seed uh, in Genesis 3.15 that uh, is going to be at odds with the offspring of Eve after, you know, from that point on. And this is the whole sort of history that the whole world takes themselves back to. And if you look at what causes the flood, again, it's in all cultures all around the world. And it's usually the same cause. You have the giants and you have humans. The giants become corrupt. And they rebel against the gods, and the gods come along, and they have the flood, and then you start all over. And it's the same story everywhere. It's just a matter of how you want to um, analyze that yourself and whatever your perspective is.
2: So Enoch, it, there's, a, there's a correlation you make in the book about Enoch and Hermes and mm-hmm. Thoth, is it? The three, is that, or who's the three Hermes,
3: third? Uh, Trismas Gistus, Yeah. The three Hermes?
2: And yeah.
3: So that's become kind of an archetypical type of figure sort of melded in. But typically they break it down that there's three different Hermes. And that um, is connected to Enoch, son of Cain. Right, right. So, And it would be the one before the flood that would be called uh, Enoch. But he's called like Idris and um, Edris and whole bunch of other names all around Tout would be another one, Mercury would be another one as the equivalent to Enoch in other cultures. And usually an intermediary between gods and is actually raised to be a God level in most of the mythologies. And as third Enoch talks about with Metatron, which he changes his name to, which is apparently this the name of this individual that is feeding information to uh, scientists and stuff today, in terms of AI and quantum mechanics, the name Metatron will come up. So, if you Google Metatron, you'll probably get some information on that. And yeah, Metatron's so three, cube.
2: Pardon me? Metatron's cube.
3: Yep, exactly. And so, you have uh, the Thoth, which is the god of knowledge in the Egyptian pantheon that you're talking about. And so, it's thought that uh, there was a god that introduced the knowledge. And that would be like Azazel, which would be the main one out of the book of Enoch. Um, and Thoth an in the Egyptian Pantheon. I won't go through all the different names, but and then you had a demigod, which would Enoch would be. And in the polytheist version, Cain would be one of the sons of another race of giants.
2: Right.
3: Um that uh Cain and or that Adam and Eve acquired him from, from the gods. But that's another rabbit hole. Uh and so, and they would have been part of the Sumerian kings list of the gods before the flood. They've got names that sort of, uh, uh, that they link that up and, and that, you know, as you go through the Sumerians king kings list. So you have, I um, kind of lost my train of thought there in terms of.
2: Well, it was mainly, I was just mainly interested in how Hermes connected with Enoch. Uh, right, really, back but, to
3: Hermes. So the second one would be Enoch or Hermes before the flood. Yeah. Uh, known by a bunch of different names. And then after the flood, you have Hermes that uh, shows up after the flood and is the one that is uh, what most of the secret societies and Gnostics would trace their modern Hermes back to. And he's the one who finds this ancient knowledge that is buried under the pyramids, because he finds the two pillars of Lamech from the Cain line or the pillars of Enoch, depending on which version you're looking at on that. And the knowledge that Enoch had... uh, learned was produced into 36,525 books, stacked on nine volts, buried under the, py- under the pyramid. These two pillars give directions to where to find it. He brings that back to Babel and to Nimrod, and they start building Babel City and Babel Tower, um, and that is sort of the first uh, application of the sciences after the Flood. Wow. And then you have a later one that is, Uh, Attributed to developing alchemy in Egypt. And uh, so you have like four different individuals, depending on which version, but they usually pick three of them. So it's either two after the flood, one before the flood, or you've got a god and you've got Enoch and uh, Enoch equivalent, and then one after the flood that's, you know, is very much part of the Egyptian religion after the flood. And in that line of thought from the Gnostics is that Hermes travels to Egypt to develop, uh, with Mizraim, to develop the Egyptian society and the Egyptian religion, and Nimrod stays in Shinar, which is Sumer, and develops the Mesopotamian religion, or the Magis, as you might recognize them of, in terms of the priesthood.
2: Wow, fantastic. Do you have any questions? Because i got a couple to, to read here, Darren, if, but I want to give you a chance to chime in. No, you can go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just enjoying.
2: I got a couple of yeah. odd ones. So here, this is an email from Graham. He knew we were having you on. He says, I recently heard Dr. Michael, and this is just kind of a loose thought, but I found it very interesting. I, I recently heard Dr. Michael Hesser, I, or Heiser, uh, well Heiser. worth checking yep. him out. Yeah, I mentioned how obviously Jesus wasn't born on December 25th and that he believes mm-hmm. Revelation 12 could hold the key. He said it clear, clearly shows astrological alignments and points to Jesus being born, wait for it, on September 11th. Knowing what we know on intentions and loading sigils, etc. Could we be possibly loading our alleged only way back to heaven with feelings of dread, fear, emergency, and so on? Yeah, I'm not sure. um... I'll I'll explain a little bit more. I'm going to finish off. The section in Revelation 12 also clears up points to the discrepancies around the Libra Scorpio was originally a dragon in their situation. I don't know what that last sentence uh, is relevant to, but I think what he's talking about is how I feel like in our society, they're taking over dates and words and phrases and weaponizing it or changing the intention around it or our our subconscious fears around certain things. So,
3: well, yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, do a show on that question but i'll try and keep it fairly short so uh the standard birth date of december 25 is not jesus's birthday um that date comes up at the time of constantine and the homogenization of christianity with mithraism to form the state religion and that is the birthday of mithras and sol invictus and it's basically the same religion but it's the Main religion of Italy at that time, and he's trying to unite the empire. So we're not given a date when Jesus is born in the Bible, but what we do know is it can't be December 25th because that's the rainy season. And anybody who knows the biblical um, story is the shepherds are in the field, and they would be in the stables if it was December 25, and Jesus wouldn't have been able to be born in a manger. So um, the typical. Uh, Conclusion then, and, and Heiser is of the same um, understanding as I am on this, from, as, as I recall, is that uh, September to early October would place the birthday. And now, Revelation 12, I'd be very careful with Revelation 12 in terms of how people are drafting that into all sorts of metaphorical meanings and astronomy. And a few years ago, they had the rapture coming, because of an astrological alignment. From a Christian perspective, astrology isn't going to be where the signs come from. So I would want to be very, very careful of that, because that is part of the occult science. Okay. In, okay, so yeah. um, now it's not that. I don't recognize that other religions utilize it, and a lot of people believe in it. Yeah. But for a for Christian, we don't want to be getting, getting caught into that okay um revelation 12 does have uh, uh, an allegory in there in terms of you know, when jesus is born and uh the satan is going to attack the offspring of 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 the 12 tribes and everything like that that is a uh a prophecy of the people fleeing judea at the time of the abomination, at the rise of Antichrist, because it's Antichrist and Satan who are going to be attacking the fleeing uh, Judeans, which is recorded in Daniel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke as well. So just, you got to overlay that and understand that you're not going to use astrological signs. There. It's actually telling a story that you can match up with other scripture and gives you a timeline, and they're going to be protected for three and a half years, and it gives the number of days that they're actually going to be protected as you get as you move in, in into the millennium. So it's interesting how it came up with a September 11th date yeah. uh, in terms of, uh, of, of getting there. But I would be, I would be careful for uh, getting into interpretive uh, concepts because you're using metaphors and allegories and in an interpretive approach. Yeah. You can make it mean anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I got another uh, sort of a question that came up while I was reading your book. I'll try to word this, word this uh, in a proper way here. So we, we do, we we still, we live in this materialistic world right now. Like we're, we're, you know, we're, we're still under this, you know, physical paradigm where, you know, We're stuck in, I I mean, I think we're stuck in a, a schizophrenic society where most of us believe in love and spirits and all kinds of things. Yet we're stuck in this materialistic paradigm that says none of that exists. You know, the atheists and the skeptics kind of rule the roost still right now, even though it's falling apart. So how does the occult and mystic foundation and practice in these secret societies, like all those secret societies you mentioned, Believe in some kind of you know polytheistic or or, or uh, metaphysical reality that are supposedly running the world. How do they account, or how does how do we account for this materialistic and atheistic paradigm that still seems to be prevalent?
3: Well, it, it's only in the West. Well, that's a good point. So if you look at the rest of the world, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. not the case. Yeah. And you have to understand one of their goals is to uh, bring down Christianity. And they look at, in the West, that Christianity is their biggest enemy, which is why you have two genocides of Christians in in, in the end time. Um, and so what they did in the beginning, which will make sense, so I want to go back to Genesis, back to Enoch, back to the creation of the seven liberal sciences. As you go back into the prehistory, what they say they wanted to do with the rebellious Cain, who had not forgiven God for ostracizing him. He wanted to lead people away from God. He didn't want to honor God for anything. And he wanted did not want to give God credit for anything, and he wanted to build monuments and to honor his pantheon of the gods. So when you have now the establishment of the Royal Society by Freemasons and the the rosicrucians they're going to do the same thing it's all designed to lead people christians westerners away from the christian church in preparation to taking them down with the evidence that they say they'll provide to destroy christianity and fold it in not totally destroy it but fold it into their polytheist religion that they want to install on in the world mm-hmm. so it's a tactic and a ways that at some point in time they're going to say you know what? I can't believe you guys, they won't actually say it this way, but let's say I can't actually believe you believed in evolution because it's mathematically impossible. But guess what? Here's how things really happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I got an, I don't know if I should ask this question. It's a little bit, uh, edgy. You're going to get edgy. You're going to get a little edgy. Yeah. Ooh,
0: Graham gets edgy. So
2: where do these contemporary conspiracies like, like young blood or adrenochrome or pizza gate, like, A lot of this, like there's a lot of the, I mean, like the last, and I guess that kind of leads into, well, no, maybe it shouldn't lead it. Maybe it shouldn't lead it. Well, yeah. Vampire, I know. But it's like, you know, it's, it's connected somehow, right?
3: Vampires is really good, but uh, let me take the easy one first. So let's say Pizzagate, for example, which was, that's misinformation. Yeah. Uh, And that's coming out from the secret societies, but It doesn't mean the basic essence of what is being talked about...
2: Is wrong. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Right.
3: So in the secret societies and in the ancient rituals, which include blood drinking, which they still do today, I mean, they do sacrifices and they do sexual rituals and they do all of this pedophilia and things like that as part of that ancient religion, okay? But the Pizzagate thing, it's like, you know, if you want to... uh, know discredit the alien mythos then you put out all of these false alien things then yeah. yeah. it's you know you buys you some time until you're ready to to, <laughs> to deal disclosure. with that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's again common tactic um and uh so what was the other thing that well we i think to... the other
2: thing was was i you know i think you wrote oh your... the vampires well vampires. i mean it's kind of the yeah. same thing but
3: yeah so here's here's the here's the thing. So. The vampire thing is, uh, you know, it goes back into prehistory. You have this this pathology of blood drinking with the Nephilim, which they did, um, because they thought it would give them back their immortality, would increase their cognizant um, uh, abilities, and... It was one of those sort of abominable traits of of, of of the ruling class of the giants, both before and again after the flood. And so when we look at how that starts to marry up with the vampire tales, as we know, through Dracula, based on Vlad the Impaler. Now understand Vlad the Impaler was of a royal bloodline, had very pale skin. He had hazel eyes. He had red hair, as in red-haired giants, red hair or blonde hair, which are the two main colors that are described in most of the accounts. There's also some black-haired ones. And you have this blood drinking that's all, all part of this uh, mythology of, of Dracula. And Vladim Paler was also educated in the Mystery School of Solomon in Vienna, and he had that condition of pale skin where he was more of a night person. So <laughs> you have a lot of different things. And then you have the fangs of the cobra put on there, Part of the snake ideology, which is uh, a nice little touch in terms of how they do the bite and, and suck the blood. But as you take their understanding back to their allegories, and again, they're an interpretive religion, the Gnostics. Gnostics, and you have to learn the mysteries. You have to. You have a fairy tale concept, which is a interesting narrative but the true meanings underneath. That's the best way to explain it. And so you have to be educated in the degrees to understand what the allegories are. So with the bloodlines that we talked about in terms of the genealogies, they split into male and female. And for the female, you have the fairy bloodline and the owl bloodline. Of course, owl goes back to Lilith, but fairy's the most common one. And that's the matriarchal bloodline. That's why you have fairy queens and fairy godmothers as part of that whole fairy tale concept. On the male side, it's the ravens of the Anunnaki and or the the dragon or the serpent bloodline. And that is the bloodline uh, of the kings. And so you have a king and you have an allegory of blood drinking of a royal bloodline and you have all of, these, all of this literature being written over the millennia about the same um, class of people, royal families, kings, queens, and using this type of allegory to describe them all the way through. Whether or not, even if you get into, let's say, Shakespeare, and you've got, I mean, he's just writing about genealogies of the bloodlines, then he's got Midsummer's Night Dream with all of these different fairies, right? You have King Oberon, as an example, who is the king of the fairies. And that comes from a Tuatha De Danon word um, of, you know, that's rooted back into Scythia, and it's got different versions like uh, Uber and Uberon and a whole bunch of different translations. But the Tuatha De Danon were the fairy giant people of the Irish bloodline, right? Yeah. And then he, he was married to Titania. Well, Titania is a female giant as you take that back to greek mythology. Yeah. And so they're using those allegories to describe um, you know their history and their genealogies.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
3: So and and again with the vampire equation, they you know who's the enemy of the vampires? It's the christians.
0: Yeah. And the garlic.
3: <laughs> yeah, but the garlic's always an interesting twist. And Another thing is, there's two ways to kill a uh, two ways to kill a vampire in the Vampire Tales. One's a stake through the heart, but the other one is you take the head. Well, what's the? You may not be familiar with that. I was going to say, what's the typical way you would want to kill a giant of old? You want to take the head, just as David took Goliath's head. Right, right. That's the only way that you could keep them killed. Or I don't know if you're familiar with that Highlander series. Yeah, yeah. It comes out of sort of the fairy mythology. Yeah. Um, they have to take the head, and there can only be one. Yeah. And that's kind of the power struggle that the bloodlines have um, going on. And at the end, there's going to be one ruler. That's the Antichrist ruler. Now, they don't drink the blood in in the Highlander series, but they they accept the energy of yeah. that individual, which again, which is symbolic of what drinking the blood does. Yeah,
2: yeah. vampirism, yeah. What about the Brotherhood of the Serpent? Uh, how, that's That's an older secret society isn't it that can you just sort of summarize that one quickly before i got last couple of questions for you
3: yeah it's the brotherhood of the serpent is God, is um you know again it's a rosicrucian society that's just another order that reports in so i mean don't get caught up on the i mean it's an interesting name the brotherhood of the serpent it's but it's the allegory uh that you need to be um um uh, Focused on, and it's that serpent ideology. So, I probably never explained at the beginning of the show when I talked about the angels and what they looked like. So, the angels who in the Bible who create these giants, they were uh, snake-like looking angels, and that's called a seraphim angel. So if you take seraphim back to to Hebrew, that's the word seraph. The I am is the male plural. They were fiery angels with the serpent faces and were part of the watchers that the book of Enoch talk about. So the offspring looked just like them. Now, if you want to take that to other cultures to, 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 to take that knowledge worldwide, if you look at Petzalcoatl that we talked about or any of his type of angels that all have the simple look, they're called a plumed or a feathered serpent. Well, you put feathers on and wings on an angel with a serpent's face, and you have a dragon or a plumed serpent. Uh, A a dragon with wings, uh, or a serpent with wings is is a dragon. And so you move into, let's say, subcontinent of India with the Nagas, who also produce uh, a priest class and a warrior ruling class of Naga people. And that's the Sanskrit word for cobra, right? And they were serpent angels as well that were producing this offspring. And again, you move into Chinese mythology, and they created the Myosi, and that's the dragon creator gods, and again, dragon serpent, that's the seraphim angel. So when you look at how that look is passed on and why you have, and you connect that as to why you have all the serpent mythology around the world with kings and queens and called serpents, And with the gods, it now starts to make some sense. Now, there are other gods that looked differently, like lion gods and, you know, raven-type gods, but you might be interested to know that there are uh, different kinds of Nephilim that looked just like their offspring, like the lion men or the lion warriors out of Sumeria, the lion men of Moab out of the Bible. You have the Tengu that's... Set out of Southeast Asia, and there's this bird-looking warrior and priest class, again, coming from the Anunnaki kind of um, angel god. And you also have the dog mythos, which also connects itself back to gods in prehistory, whether it's Anubis as a jackal god, uh, and on and on and on. So you have a common prehistory of that with different kinds of looking giants in prehistory, but the most common one was the the ruling class of the, um, of the serpents and the other ones were more warrior class.
2: Hmm. Interesting. So you wrote this book, like I think it was what, 2015 or 20 when it came out, released it.
3: Yeah. Was it late December of 2015? Yeah. So it's been, it's been a
2: few years. Like it always interests me on, on like, especially after a huge one like this. And well, I mean, first of all, I know you can't and and shouldn't try and predict the antichrist, but I mean, even after like, what are your thoughts after, after this releasing? And then four years later, there's so much going on in the world. Uh, can, you, can you relate what's going on with maybe the Antichrist or any kind of end times stuff, can, you know, contemporarily?
0: Would you care to hazard a guess as to who the Antichrist is <laughs> no, on no, the show? No. Well, <laughs> there,
3: there's, going to be, there's going to be a lot of candidates. So, and in prophecy, we're told there's more than one Antichrist. And the other thing to keep in mind as I preface this is that the true Antichrist has to say Antichrist came before him, so there has to be one before him as a minimum, that he can come in like Jesus does at Armageddon and fully produce his credentials. So there's going to be more than one, so we have to be careful. And you get Antichrist figures in most traditions around the world, so you might be familiar with Lord Maitreya, yep. or the new Buddha out of Eastern mysticism. You have the Mokti out of the Shia, um, and you have, even in the West, you have... And they will say in their writings that they keep three antichrist figures ready to go all the time. So they're always ready. And you've got all these different bloodlines that we're talking about that are competing. And they are they're the ones who want to be the one that, you know, gets their family on that world throne.
2: Right. Right. right.
3: So there you've got all of those competing factions. So again, um, I'm not gonna make a prediction um because <laughs> inevitably we're you know anybody who makes predictions is, is is always wrong but i would certainly put at the head of some of the list is some of these family names that they're trying to position themselves uh for but we won't know which one until it actually comes about and there'll be some misdirection as we go yeah and so and it could
2: be from the east or the west like i mean i was going to ask yes. you about the conflicts between the different royal bloodlines from whether it's China, Japan or the West or Europe, or I mean, there's seems to be like they would be constant, constantly in a power struggle for the world. Really?
0: Who do you think it is? Absolutely. About the
1: coincidence
2: of Obama and the Obama nation. Obama
1: <laughs> nation.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all the people that are Trump. So. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really well, want to get political on it, but way yeah, to go. Would, yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, I would, you know, a lot of people like to name presidents. It won't be a president of the United States. Yeah. uh, He's going to, he will have to produce a pedigree that will fool uh, the Jewish people because they're going to accept the deal for safety and uh, will start doing the sacrifice on the temple. So they're not going to accept a Messiah type figure who doesn't have some sort of Judaic bloodline back to King David. Yeah right so
0: so the I would antichrist rule that out. is going okay. to be jewish to
3: Obama, i don't think he was competent enough to be antichrist right
0: Ooh. antichrist
3: <laughs> I mean. antichrist is going to be a godlike figure and everything mm. he does is going to be successful for a time so um i would i would rule that out and I know a lot of people like to take his bloodlines back to akhenaten down through african bloodlines but i don't think there's a whole bunch to that so
2: um, yeah, I've heard some really interesting comparisons from, of, uh, Obama and, and his, his family of, of the Akhenat, like I didn't mean Egyptian Obama gods. himself. I no, was saying
1: you... more of like, if there's an abomination, which I know it's a different spelling yeah. prior, the three and a half years prior that now you have this eight years prior, you had the building of the Obama nation, the people that follow him that are all into hope and change
2: yeah. that
0: are full-on against Trump and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's more what I was. Yeah. say.
3: Yeah, no, it's a good play on words, but, you know, when you're talking about sort of this ancient sort of direction that we're heading towards, English wasn't around at that point in time. So no, no, but wouldn't they be using this? Ancient words to make that sort of, yeah. you know, transliteration. But, you know, I, I like to use the word abomination as well you know, as a play on words for things. So,
2: <laughs> so what's your feeling of the last few years? I mean, after writing the book, I mean, it's the, it, are things going crazy? Are they accelerating? I mean, are you thinking that, uh, I mean, I, I understood in the book you, you were like, well, I, you know, I'm not expecting to make any changes with this book or this type of thing. Like what's going to happen is going to happen. Um,
3: yeah, it's ordained to happen. It's just a matter of when it happens and, I think, you know, those forces are ready to roll right now, but they're going to be continually pushed back, uh, at least from a Christian perspective, because until the restrainer is removed, the end time can't come about. But from what I think, I think we're in the fig tree generation, which is the last generation, um, but we don't know how long generation actually is. You know, we only get for generation two numbers in in the bible and that's 120 years that's lifetime that's life is reduced to in genesis 6 and 70 years that comes up in the psalms and so what's the trigger for the last generation as well i think that's when israel took jerusalem so but if it's 120 years i mean we still got a long ways to go right 70 years we're we're now into the window yeah and i guess I, i guess we'll see so but i do think that things are moving and but I think it's going to take some, you know, catastrophic things, whether or not it is, you know, massive pandemics, uh, financial crisis, wars, yeah. nuclear blasts, that type of thing to uh, bring down the barriers to drive people in, in that direction. So if that were to happen, things could happen fairly quickly. Yeah. But I still think there's more building blocks yet to be right. um, built. And we keep moving more towards that, even though there's some pushback, like with Brexit or perhaps with Trump. But Trump's actually moving forward some of the globalization as well with yeah. you know, setting up Jerusalem as the capital of, of Israel is one of the key sort of ingredients yeah. for for the end times. So, um, but there's definitely so the pushback.
0: No, no,
2: he's saying. No. Oh. No. No. No.
3: No, I don't think so. You know, a lot of people ask me whether Prince William is, yeah.
2: and
3: and he he could possibly be one of the candidates that would be. But again, I'm I'm not a fan of actually trying. Is he to the label one that it. just got yeah. born? No, Prince William is uh, already.
2: Uh, Didn't he leave the family? An adult. Oh, is he the one King who got Middleton? the boots? That's, no, no, that's no, not. That's, no, no, that's, that was that's the other one. That left. Oh, geez, yeah. I can't get my royal off. So, Dude, would, if
0: I was in the royal family, they would have kicked me out like 20 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
3: but William can't take power until after Charles dies, right? Because he's the son of Charles, right? Yeah. So, um, but he would be you know, what a lot of people uh, are are watching. But right. again, I'd, I'd follow that, keep an eye on that King of Jerusalem title.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, that's, that's uh, a good point. king, yeah. King
3: Philip of uh, Spain, and or watch where that title might move.
0: To. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, if you find out, can you let us know first? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, you, you will get a good warning because he will be the one that negotiates the world covenant for uh, the world government. So, and he will remain relatively unknown, likely, until that point in time, and then that will set him on a rise to becoming crowned Antichrist uh, three and a half years later.
0: So it's Jared Kushner then? the kush <laughs> love me some kush so
2: what do you got going on next uh after i mean this book's been a few years you're doing lots of shows radio shows do you have any plans uh anything you're working on next? well i
3: i i do have a book on the go um having you know struggling having time to <laughs> work on it and get it done with uh, doing all the things that i'm doing right now and the uh, publisher wants me to do a sequel to the Gen Six, so wow. but I'll, I would do that after this next one is done, and it's more of a prophetic book that I want to get done. And uh, but in the meantime, still staying busy. If uh, uh, I'm allowed to travel with what's going on these days, to Atlanta, I have a conference I'm doing down in Atlanta at the end of the month, um, and then another one, and that's called uh, Sacred World, Sacred Word, Sacred Word Revealed. Um, and it's uh, revealing end time mysteries, so things that people haven't really thought about for the end time for people that are into end time prophecy. Cool. And then in July, I'm at uh, True Legends with Steve Quayle, and uh, that's going. You know, that's where all the uh, sort of giant sort of genre of people go to, and I'll oh, be. Oh,
2: okay, yeah.
3: I'll be starting the conference off with a two and a half hour um, lecture there. So.
2: Wow, that's great. Bingo, I'll, I'll bingo. put those in. I'll put links to those in the show notes and. So people can check them out if they're in the area. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yes. And, you know, if people want to see, I, I do a, a column for True Legends. Um, you know, I'm writing just about the giant aspect, which uh, they put out on their on their website. So uh, I I did an interesting one on the Philistines uh, and their connections back to giants and to the giants that came out of Crete. Wow.
2: I Oh, man. I, I spent a week on Crete when I was young. It was interesting. Do you, uh, do you think that that whole giant thing is really starting to break open now? It seems like over the last it three is. or four years, three or four years, people are really talking about it and that, like talking about the Smithsonian conspiracy and the bones that have yep. been found. Physical evidence doesn't seem to be as crazy sounding as it was four or five years no, ago. They're still controlling the information on
3: it. Um, But there's so much more information that is coming out on a lot more people who are researching it and getting deeper and making more links. And that was one of the things with my book that, um, you know, broke a lot of new ground in in connecting more dots on who these people are, what their belief system is, and... uh, uh, so there's, and and again, there's people now that are taking, you know, that research and, and, and going further with it. So yeah, I do think it's coming out more in the open for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting. i going to I'm keep an eye on that for sure. That's one of my favorite topics. Totally.
0: Right on. Well, thanks for coming on the yep. show, Gary. I'm serious. If you want to make this into an audio book, let us know. I know <laughs> I just will. the guy.
2: Yeah. Your wealth of knowledge is a great chat. I really appreciate it. And just, I mean, we just scratched the surface. I mean, if people... People, you you know, you have so many awesome chapters in this book, and you you expand on each of the little things we talked about tonight, you know, in there. Well, so.
3: well and what a lot of people like about the book is that um, there's a bibliography there that is unlike what most people have seen, <laughs> and so people like the book just because there's all of these sources that they haven't, you know, checked into, and so. And if people are intimidated on the size of the book, I understood it was a large book, and I also took 350 pages out.
2: Oh my God, really? Published.
3: But each chapter is a mini story that leads yeah. into the next chapter. Yeah, we'll keep coming up as the book unfolds. So, you know, the average size chapter is six or seven pages, and there's like over 100 pages of of endnotes. So yeah. it, it's well documented as to where I, I got that information from. So you can read a chapter. At a time, uh, and then come you know drop it for a while, and then come back because you know it's. I wanted it so that uh, people could uh, not be intimidated and say, "There's no way I'm going to read a book that big." And so I like to promote the idea that you don't have to read it all at once, and you can't speed read it because there's way too much information. Yeah, in there. It's too
2: deep. Yeah. I appreciate that. I was flipping through like finding chapters that I was interested in at that moment. You know, maybe it was a contemporary uh, bloodline or contemporary secret <laughs> society, but then going back to the, the giants or Enoch. I mean, it's, it's, that's the way I, uh, I was reading. most. Well, of a
3: it. lot of people do that. They say, you know, I didn't read it in order, but I probably yep. should have. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on Gary. And, and, and
3: if, and if people want to get a hold of me, yep. um, they want some information on uh, some of the things that we talked about today. Um, and, I, uh, you know, I give out documents freely, so you can, there's an email on my website. That's the Genesis6conspiracy.com with the number six, Genesis6conspiracy.com. Also on there, I have a generous excerpt of all 98 chapters. So somebody can get a good feel for the book and find out whether or not it's for them or not. And oh, that's a good they, idea. They get a signed copy there or link over to barnesandnoble.com, amazon.ca, amazon.com, or over to the Kindle version. And if people want to follow me on Facebook, or and I put out a interesting commentary about every week and a half or so um, on these kind of subjects, you can follow me uh, under Facebook, under Gary Wayne, or Twitter at wayne 63 at wayne 63
0: Awesome. Will the next one be the Genesis Seven conspiracy?
3: <laughs> no, I think I think what I will do is I'll connect things in that I just didn't, you know, put into this book. You know, one of the things I didn't do is spend a lot of time on the Jesuits because I give you the whole base for how they start up, but I don't really uh, get into it. And I probably uh, spend more time on that. Um, I might do another book just on the giant wars. Uh, that uh, we have documentation on uh, that happened during the time of the conquest because people have no understanding how many giants were around during that and who and how they fought that was i talked about that article on the philistines that came out of you know a 14 part document that i have on the words of, of the giants um, oh, and fantastic. you know I'll put, i would put you know things like that in there i'd probably spend some time on the giants in north america in terms of the red-headed giants and yeah. the elongated skulls and you know, things like that, that I didn't get into this book. So yeah. I have to find a way to stitch it together. Yeah.
2: But. When, when do you think that would happen?
3: Oh, be a while. Yeah.
2: A couple of <laughs> years kind while. of thing or a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. Well, we'll look forward to that for
0: sure. Look forward to that, Gary. Thanks. You got nothing but uh positive comments out of the chat. So you blew them away, sir.
3: Yeah.
2: Thank you so much. Well, we might have you on again. I mean, honestly, this was, well, if you do
3: and, and, if the audience wanted to ask questions in yeah. the chat, I mean, I, I do shows that are just, I answer questions. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. We appreciate yeah.
0: that. Yeah. I had
2: too many. I was greedy tonight. I had too many of my greedy own, Graham so.
0: Dunlop. <laughs> yeah. That's what we say around here. Greedy Graham. <laughs> yeah. We're just kidding. Right we love them. <laughs> Thanks. Right on right. Gary. Thanks for Thank coming you. on the show. Come back anytime. I will. Okay. okay. Bye bye. I'm more interested
2: in what, uh, you guys thought of that? That was our chat with Gary Wayne, D. Ron.
0: Well, I th- I think it's safe to say Gary's not the Antichrist. What a wonderful man!
2: Yeah, unbelievable, hey. Yeah. Eh? yeah, you know what I appreciate about it? It was very like like Bill, one of our friends in uh, Bill in the chats um, was saying how you know it's it's obviously got a Christian bend to it. But it's not a dogmatic Christian Ben, right? It's not like he's telling you; it, he just lays it all out there, like he says, right? All the dates and all the names and all the connections and all that. But it's not like he's pushing Christianity on you or anything like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it definitely talks about the spurious. Like, there's definitely a bend of. There's the Jesus bloodline, and then the the spurious bloodline of all the secret societies and all that, which we didn't really get into too much of that split. But it's uh,
0: interesting. That was a great chat. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to take about it with the, what you were some of the stuff you were telling me going into it. I was expecting maybe to be a little more religious, but I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, like it I, was I said, a good, very like,
2: non-dogmatic. Who's like who of the
0: Illuminati? Yeah, sort that's. Of, yeah. I mean,
2: I hope you guys appreciated that. I don't know if like we like, should get
0: him and Charlie Robinson on at the same time. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean the knowledge, like how people can just spout all that knowledge is um, it's incredible. amazing to me. Yeah, it's incredible. incredible.
0: Well, they're not on the. They don't got the wheat brain. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs>
1: It's brain part fog,
0: of it. Yeah. brain fog, wheat brain fog. Yeah, and anyway. it's just glowing too, you know. He's yeah.
2: glowing with it, he's hopping. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think you should do the audiobook, buddy. Then you'll have that shit locked in. No, there's no way, it's impos-
2: impossible.
0: No impossible. way, I just told We're him only you'd like do it. Six page chapters,
2: I just told him, him you'd do it. I'm telling you, if you, if you even Browse. Yeah, I'm not just, just browse it. just I'm not read the chapter right.
0: read the chapters I can't that's read the chapter
2: uh, read the chapter um, yeah, why was
0: israel he... reared in egypt into a nation of a quest <laughs> <laughs>
2: See? <laughs> <laughs> <Right away. laughs> See what I'm talking about
0: <laughs> I was just messing with you no, Well, you he weren't. said he got a he got a few
1: quotes and he was just blown away by how expensive it was <laughs>
0: Yeah so. we could do it for a 1000 bucks <laughs> Or less. Ooh. That might be a good royalty one. Anyway, big thanks to Gary for coming on the show. Big thanks to all you guys for listening. Big thanks to uh, Michael for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Big thanks to the supporters. Go America.ca slash support. If it wasn't for you guys, there would be no show. It would have stopped probably like 350 episodes ago. But uh, we do have supporters, so we kept going. Now we'll be at like 410, 420 coming up. Maybe we'll do another call-in show for 420. We'll see. Anyway, buy Gary's books, uh, support the show so that we can keep pushing back on these motherfuckers and uh, maybe get some swag, go america.ca slash swag. One of the most important things you can do, though, join the chats, america.ca slash chats. Once you got in there, then we really got a grip on you and we can pull you the rest of the way into the cult. Just kidding. It's not a cult. It's just a wonderful community. It's a camp. It's, it's a, a cult. Good, it's a grand cult. America.ca slash support. Please. Uh thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Thirty three.
1: Signature and some policy papers behind enemy lines. bills, a cell phone rings, a bomb drops in a city street. See the light, I noise. Don't get comfortable. Digital revolution still got a pulse. We need to revive it and make it a reality. I've hacked into a politician's password and transferred money into several overseas accounts. And as we speak, a super computer project is in the works. And if it works, we'll use it to point and click our way to some sort of truth. Either you're in or out, are you game? Or is the game over? This must be a glitch in the matrix this must be a glitch in the matrix of a revolutionary dream is over the machines go watch out for them laser beams climb to the top of the pyramids Capitol Hill's getting steeper and steeper Meanwhile, the deck gets deeper and deeper Don't get comfortable, free figures Cause it's gonna take more than Hand and eye coordination on your PlayStation It's gonna take mind elevation There must be a glitch in the Matrix There must be a glitch in the Matrix Oh, well, all machines, go, breaking from my routine, I dive into my computer screen, swimming in us, see CEO Zero's and One, trying to put together two and two, but I keep getting flies, trying to weave through all the lies, from the bad guys in the suits and the neck to the help me find the other she has the end. in the matrix a revolutionary train rage against the machine don't get comfortable free thinkers rage against